live from Okara, the one land, ancient before the word existed. It's a sequel to last week's episode, Not So Swords, titled More Swords. I'm joined by my exuberant co-host, as always, Brandon T. McClure. Hello. I am joined by the uncanny bed magnet. Raise your swords, my friends! The hour of battle is upon us! This I know it's a keyblade, but seriously, it's the only closest thing to a sword I got in my room, so deal with it. It's a keyblade, I'll allow it. It's, I'm technically, by, it's, it's technically a sword. Man, your time's over! The extraordinary <laughs> Sparks Witty, and I'm adjectiveless Ryan Leopolis. Welcome. We're gonna talk just it's way too much X-Men talk at the end of the at the end of the night. I'm excited to be here with you guys once again. It's been a great week of comic books. How are you guys doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm great. I didn't mean to yell at you, Ben. I was I had an intro to get through, dude. No, no, that, that's <laughs> totally fine. That's totally fine. I am actually doing fantastic, my friends, for I am officially off work for the coming week. Because right. you had vacation time, not because of COVID. Because not of because vacation of- time. Because of vacation time. I, I'm not sick. Vacation. Good, good, good. We could all use a vacation now and then. How you doing? How you doing, Sparkies? Fine. Yeah, it's been an up and down week. Yeah, no, I feel it. I was violently ill on Tuesday, so that Mag. was cool. Yeah. Hi, Mag. Hi, Mag. Uh, I haven't gotten sick since like like 1987. So like, uh, <laughs> it was like you were born in 1987. No, exactly. Uh, I just I get sick like really hard, and then I'm just like, okay. Um, so, that reminds me. I've uh, been sick at least once while we've lived yeah. here because I remember that like you are really sick for a day. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're pretty much better after that. It's because I fake it until I can't anymore, and then well, it's just like, can I just please relax. Yeah, because there have been a few times. I remember there was one time you went, you were gonna go to a comic con with myself and my friend Elena, but mm-hmm. you were sick and you and you, we took you back home in the morning because you're like, nah, f this. Yeah, I. And then we went to a rent fair and yeah. you puffed it out. You were a yeah. freaking trooper, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like to I like to have fun when I can, and I screw screw you, body. Let me have fun. <laughs> that reminds me that uh, because because of that, we did not get the chance to uh, record a couple of episodes that we had planned to. Our so our Lovecraft Country episode and our Power Rangers episode is not up. Um, however, we did get our Michael Marizzi interview up. Uh, we oh, were yeah. able to do that. Wasted space is Michael Marici. Uh That's in the link in the description. It's in this channel if you want to go find it. What was it? What, what you got it right the first time, then you messed it up, Brandon. <laughs> The Michael Marizzi? <laughs> yeah, no, you said Marecci at the second time. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's just funny because you got it right first. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's up there. So, you know, find it. It's good. Great interview. Good interview. It cool. is a good interview. Yeah. Yeah. I like good that interview a whole lot. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go first of their week? I will go first because I probably did the least amount of stuff this entire week. Go so, my, my week had con- was consistent of three things working, comic books, and video games. We're the same person, but I probably yeah. said a little more. <laughs> so as as you all know, I recently got Super Mario uh, 3D All-Stars. I've finally been, this week I've been uh, playing quite a bit of Super Mario 64. I'm really enjoying it. Because I know last time I was talking about how the camera's a little in and some of the controls are really in and how Mario's a little drifty. It's still really fun collecting stars. I'm at a 41 star count right now. I am having a blast. So I do not... What's your favorite level so far? What's up? What's your favorite level so far? Ooh, uh, I want actually. I think the the Boo Castle because I'm only on, I'm on course five. I want to say Boo's <laughs> Castle is my favorite because just how uh, in, uh, interesting it is because a lot of the, the levels are nice and uh, broad. The one I had a lot of trouble on was the um, the ice one. The ice was giving me a whole lot of problems. That was Peng- penguins. Yeah, and no, I did not drop the penguin off the ledge. You monsters. 
listen. I did. It's a rite of passive when you're like a kid. You won't. You don't do it as an adult. No, I'm not doing. You, gotta, you just gotta know if you can do it, and you're like, oh wow, okay. Oh, you can drop a big one off the ledge. That's so sad. Did you get to the piano yet? The big piano. Oh, you mean the one that eats you or that tries to eat you? Yeah, it yeah. almost got me. That's almost. my favorite thing in that game. I love that. First time yeah. I saw it, I was like, oh man, video games rule. No, so <laughs> I needed some help with the. Actually, no, my least favorite one is the the was the Jolly Roger one because swimming is a bitch and a half in that game. I agree. Yeah. And there's this one, and there's this one power star at the bottom of a, a jet stream that I was trying to get, and I had it's like, oh, just tap A in a rhythm, and you could swim through. It wasn't letting me do that. No matter how hard I tried, I could not get to that damn star. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna try and I need some help. And they're like, oh, you gotta get the metal cap. Cool. Where's the metal cap? Yep, I had to do so many freaking twists and turns to get the damn metal cap. Yep. But then I got it because I discovered the wing cap on accident and I got the vanish cap completely on accident. And I was like a little kid when I got the um when I got the vanish cap, I was like, oh my god, I discovered this. This is amazing. It's you like you know, work, 25 okay. years a little late. But yes, it is a, <clears> it is a feeling. I know I'm 25 years too late. This is the first time I've ever played it, but I'm actually going to play I played that one. Yeah, you played that one. Back I'm in the day, yeah. I'm proud of you, Brandon. But I'm actually gunning for 120 stars. Every single, yeah, even after I beat the one, uh, the like the one thing, I always go back. I try to get the 100 coins, the 8 coins, all the stars that are available. I'm hunting down the secret stars in the castle, and I'm having a lot of fun. I am absolutely adore, uh, um, adoring it. I can see why this is a true classic. And yeah, Super Mario 64, still as good now as it was back then. You know the controls are a bit of a bitch because I jumped and I should have stayed on that one platform. But nope, Mario was going to be like, ah, I'm going to drift and then fall down. Screw that platform, man. <laughs> yeah, screw that platform. So then, of course, read a whole bunch of X-Men books, mostly as a ref- mostly as a refresher. Wait, did you read? Did you, you read Ten of Swords, right? What, you mean the creation Ten of Swords? Yeah. Yeah, I read that. Good. Yeah. So I read that. And also, I played a little bit of uh, Dead by Daylight with uh, you guys on Friday. Mm, we did do that. Yep. And today, I went out to... Uh, I helped my mom move the TV, and then myself and one of my best friends, we went to Lost Levels down at Fullerton. And I'm thinking, okay, we're just going to look around the store and then go back and just hang out and chill. We get to the store, and the arcade is actually open. Because the Fullerton location in Orange County, they have different restrictions. But here's the cool thing. So if you do want to play the arcade at Lost Levels, A, you have to have a mask on, and B, if you do decide to play the video games, they give you gloves so no one is actually touching any of the machines. Mm, that's smart. And they also have people go, and also they sit, they um, they sanitize the machines like uh, in the morning, afternoon, and end of the night. So, so it was really cool because, um, as we know, a whole lot of small businesses are hurting. I was actually talking to one of the clerks about another small business I'm a fan of, Neon Retro Arcade in Northridge and Pasadena. They're hurting because they're they're talking to each other, and of course, Lost Levels. They're being them being also a retail store helps them out a little bit more because they've been saying that the stores have been doing well, but even though the Fullerton Arcade is open, it's been empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sent a, you sent a video on Instagram. Yeah. I did. Uh, and I was shocked because, like, I don't want to go anywhere that's really crowded. But mm-hmm. that arcade was f- completely empty. I mean, it got it got a little bit busy when uh, when uh, we were there for it because they're also doing a special, like, two people for two hours for thirty bucks. That's a good deal. It, it is a good deal, and all the all the games are set to free play. And it got a little busy, but no one was like crowding each other. No one was like 
crunched together. Everyone was still super spread out. So it, it was nice. So yeah, support small businesses, people. And shout out to Lost Levels Fullerton. Excellent. I was just I was just glad to go back. And yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much my week. That's all I did. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah, I Ryan. A whole lot. Ryan, you guys didn't do downright annoyed this week. No, we did not. Um, uh, uh, scheduling and and unfortunate fam- uh, family uh, losses. Uh, scheduling it next week. Uh, yeah. My heart goes out to you, Cookie. You're a good guy, my man. Uh, I'll go next because I'm already talking. So why not? Let's see. Um, so I did a I did a lot. Uh, a lot, but a little at the same time. I played like one hour of a bunch of different video games because I wanted to try them. Um, so I got Panzer Paladins. That's, yeah. a game, that's a game Ben's played. Um, that game's super <laughs> rad. I didn't fully know what it was uh, until I played it. And that game's just, that's mythology Mega Man. That's straight up like, like you fight Anubis and you fight like the Baba Yaga and you fight all, and like, fro- like a Frosty from the Switzerlands. Like, and it's super hard. I will say, um, comp- compared to a game I played next after this, I don't think the controls are as tight as I want them to be. Um, and Panzer, I, Panzer, yeah. I, I, it might just be like I need to to get to get super good, but I, I, I don't feel the platforming is as strong as other platformers I played. I think it's a little loose. I think the controls a little loose. Um, but I think the weapon making, um, also like it reuses a lot of the same enemies. Uh, it, it feels uh, like a very small type of game, so I'm gonna give it some some leeway because uh, it seems like a like a pretty small development team. But um, it's a lot of fun still. And like the mech stuff's really fun. Like I created the first sword I created was a soul sword, the soul sword from magic. Uh, it's like a big white blade. Um, so that's really cool. I thought um, you could make the sword of Cerebo first. That was my, that was on my money. I plan to make all of them eventually. Uh, Cause it's really fun. It's just like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like using Microsoft paint. It's like, it's just like super easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all grid based. Uh, so that game's pretty fun. Um, but I bought that game the same time. I bought another game called blasphemous which is a game that came out uh, like a year or two ago, but it just had some free DLC. So it's back up in people's minds. Um, so I thought Blasphemous was just a side-scrolling like beat-em-up. Um, ben, let me tell you how that game starts. Uh, it starts uh, and you're just walking and it teaches you your tutorials and then it gives you two Estes flasks and then it teaches you about bonfires and then it throws you into a boss immediately. What does that sound like to you? Uh, a little game called Dark Souls. Yeah, so that game's Dark Souls. Um, you have a parry and you have a dodge, uh, and you die really fast, and the enemies are are kind of tough. Uh, you don't fight a hundred at once. Um, but then also you play, you beat the boss, and the game opens up, and it gives you a Symphony of the Night menu screen with the with the little blocks you have to fill in to fill the map out. So it's Dark Souls Symphony of the Night, and that's like a dream made in heaven. Ben, I think you will love this game specifically because like you like these type of games. Um, I, I know I. One other, thing, one other thing I actually forgot because yesterday, uh, my brother and I we spent like four hours straight playing Bloodborne. Good, good. And because we were we were talking about Dark Souls and Bloodborne, and also how excited we are for Demon Souls coming out on the PS5. Mm-hmm. And now and to hear that there's like a side-scrolling version of, of Dark Souls, essentially, I'm actually kind of interested because and- I don't think I would like these games like Dark Souls and Bloodborne. I'm like, I don't want. I mean, I like games for the story. I like games. I don't want to have fun. But of course, I'm playing Dark Souls. And Bloodborne with my brother, so we're doing co-op. They're ben, still ben, hard. I'm about, to, I'm, about to break your brain. I'm about to challenge break your brain right now. You love Mega Man, right? Those I, yeah, are, I those know. are hardcore games that you runs on that you that you beat the bosses and get their weapons, right? That's oh, yeah. Dark Souls but 3D. Yeah, you're right. Those those games are just like that is the natural progression of those hardcore mm-hmm. like Castlevania Mega Man games is Dark Souls. Those games mm-hmm. are hard as hell, and you That's have right. to die a lot, just like you die a lot in Mega Man or in Castlevania. Mm-hmm. You don't beat those games on your first run. That's impossible. Well, 
Uh, and that's what I really appreciate about Blasphemous and even Panzer Paladins. But um, Blasphemous's look is so unique. It is it is like super horror gothic, um, um, in, like a uh, uh, Spanish Inquisition shit. So they're wearing like Knights Templar and like those like super like uh, golden masks, but they're mm -hmm. all bleeding from the eyes and they're all monsters. And the first boss is a giant wearing one of those like like uh, medieval masks. And every time he hits the floor, you're in a cathedral filled with hundreds of dead bodies. So when he hits the ground, bodies fly up and you have to avoid the bodies. Oh, it, is, it is hardcore cool, man. And it just came up with free DLC. So it's just like another more more hours of the game. And I'm like, what's oh, so the uh, it's called Blasphemous. It's on everything. Okay, I got, cool. it on, uh, I got it on PC, but it's on it's on PS4. Um, okay. I, played, I played some more Avengers. Uh, you know, leveling up characters, stuff like that. Uh, I played Dead by Daylight with mm. uh, the boys. I played. Was, did I play some Fortnite with you? Mm -hmm. Okay, I played some Fortnite with him. We could talk about that later. Um, no Man's Sky. That's the last video game I played. No Man's Sky has had a huge update. Uh, the game came out years ago. I talked about how that was my most anticipated game maybe of all time, and it turned into my most disappointing game of all time because that game launched, and it was bad. Very, very bad. Uh, four years later, this is their third big, big update. Holy shit, guys, that game is the dream uh, that they promised all those years back. It's, cr it's truly crazy how much has changed. Um, this update specifically did a lot of stuff with the planets. So there's, they said that there's like twice as much like vegetation and animals and diversity and landscapes. And, and I restarted the game because I've restarted it multiple times since it came out to check out the updates, but I never put a lot of time, uh, because this was the first one where I felt, wow, I'm invested now. Um, they've added so much more story stuff. Uh, the first planet I landed on was like a very icy planet and, um, it's all procedurally generated, right? Any planet you land on is going to be random, but sometimes you land on planets that have really bad uh, temperature shit. So like I'm icing up immediately, like I'm going to die soon unless I find stuff. So I'm <clears> running <throat> to find this cave and I find the cave and then the ground starts rumbling. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know what that's about. And, um, and like I see a shadow and there's a giant shadow that goes over the cave that I could see. And I go out the cave and I look up and it's a giant sandworm. It's a giant sandworm, like dune level size sandworm stuff that's from the trailers that was never in that game but that was promised and this is where i was like they did it holy <laughs> shit they did it it gave me that feeling of like exploration and it is procedurally generated like i was lucky enough to have it on this planet it's not on every planet because the next planet i landed on was boring and, and dead inside right but it's just the nature of that game where like you i i it was so bad when it came out guys i can't tell you it was so bad it was like minecraft but like it's space Minecraft, but without any of the fun. And when you when Minecraft first came out, it was also the same way. There wasn't a lot to do. But that game's ten years on, and now Minecraft is crazy. Four years on, No Man's Sky is finally a multiplayer place where um, a satellite will appear from another dimension, and you will go inside of it. And it's a multiplayer hub where you see other players, live players. I didn't know they were live players until someone waved at me, and I clicked on it. You know, someone mm -hmm. like like gamer tag, and I'm like, oh my god, they did it! It's real. <laughs> real guys it's so cool and if you've never played no man's sky uh right now it's on sale also game pass it's on game pass um that game is is the dream that they it took them a long time to get there um and unfortunately they had to release a game that you can't work on a game forever much like avengers you have to put it out but they believed in the game and they got it to where they wanted to and i'm like they really they made the game that they wanted to make and it's so cool and it's so I much remember I remember just like you, I was really excited for the game, and, and yeah. you told me it was disappointing. So, so you said it's on sale on PlayStation? Yeah, it's half off on PlayStation uh, on PC. I, I, do you have an Xbox? Oh, but it's on Game Pass on Xbox. But yeah, it's on sale right now. But okay. Brandon, for, it's it's super. It is the most relaxing game 
Uh, like if you're stressed out, man, <coughs> you just like you mine some stuff. You can build a base. You build a teleporter. They can take you to other space stations. They've made they've streamlined the game in such a way where um, it's just the 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 possibilities are endless. Like it's it's so fun. Like it's and it is now the game that I've always wanted. Uh, and I'm just I'm happy. I'm so happy to have it there. One day Avengers will be that game too. One day. <laughs> um, the last thing I'll talk about is hey guys, I read a lot of Immortal Hulk. How much? All of it. Um, because I got a Marvel. And and uh, you read it all this week too. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've you... been reading it. Oh no, I, I, I caught up this week. Okay, cool. I caught up too because I was behind, like uh, a year and change. Like, but Marvel Unlimited lets me catch up real quick. Plus, with the pandemic, I can catch up even quicker because I didn't release any issues. So uh, I caught up on all that, and then I bought the two issues that came out recently: Zero Issue and the She Hulk Immortal She Hulk book. And you guys, um, I was trying to find the best comparison to what this book means and how important it is for mainstream regular comic books because it is doing something for the Hulk uh, that has never been done for the Hulk before, right? Every every character gets this one type of reinvention that fundamentally changes them forever. And I was trying to think what what is like it and it's Alan Moore Swamp Thing. It is so much like Alan Moore Swamp Thing where it is not just a reinvention of the character but of his entire mythology and all the characters in it. And it makes it so much more, more uh, uh, like cross stitch but also bigger in scope at the same time with all the stuff with the one below all and all that demon shit specifically the main bad guy of the book isn't revealed until like issue 36 or something that is some ballsy crazy i tweeted, I tweeted about that today because i was i was reading the last couple issues today yeah. um and when and when i caught on that about the what's been going on with the main villain yeah i i, I was like issue 36 you just completely changed the perspective of this book and yeah, yeah. Um, and then you get to the most recent issue, 38, and it even opens the door wider. Yeah. And it's just like, the, this is the type of thing that, man, if this book should have been canceled after six issues, right? Because it is so not a regular mainstream comic book. But people <laughs> bought it because it was so different and cool. And like, again, if this were one or two arcs, this book would not be remembered. It would be remembered for being cool, but it would not be, it would not be remembered and like seminal. I remember that for whoever takes Hulk on after this. Like, yeah, I, what do you even do? Like I was reading uh, the zero issue. Yeah. Uh, and the zero issue is really cool in that it, it told the same story from, but from different perspectives in the, in when they came out yeah, and completely altered the story. And then there's like little segues written by Al Ewing. Yeah. Uh, to kind of like lead into the, the issue. A reprints of older comics um, yeah. that, that go into the, the, horrendous shit that uh, uh, Hulk's daddy went to, went through and stuff. And, but the end of that book reveals something else that you didn't you didn't see coming. You're like... Yeah. And that's what I mean. If you read that Zero Issue first, that almost ruins the entire buildup of that entire series. Yeah. That's why Zero Issues are so weird because they always come out way after those books are coming out. Uh, and I'm, I just feel bad for anyone who does read that Zero Issue. Like if they go on Marvel Unlimited in like a year, oh, I'm going to start with Issue Zero, that book's ruined for you. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the nature of... of comic book storytelling but um as a current reader reading it issue zero after issue 38 it's mind-blowing it's it's insane um you know x-men stuff is great like we're talking about a lot of x-men stuff but i i think really immortal hulk is probably like the best mainstream modern comic book out right now like for real um like it's 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 and also it's al ewing and so he's he's incorporating stuff from coco and orcus and no other book is uh, it's because he's working on a next book, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll I'm just like, Marvel comics are just so good right now. I'm just, I love it. Yeah, Mortal Hulk has been a favorite of mine since issue one. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I caught up. 
that ends at 50 and i i man who takes that book on after i don't even know i can only imagine al ewing just giving uh the the poor soul nixon line like some notes and be like good luck you don't need no that's not that's not how that works no just you're supposed to do your own thing but after this type of 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 seminal run you need someone like because jeff lemire is writing a a uh, one shot right you need someone of that caliber you can't give it to like a small person anymore like this this book is is too big this book is too crazy to go back to regular hulk book you know what i mean uh it's upper the upper echelons of like yo guys everyone should be reading hulk and i've never i've i've been reading hulk for years and i've never said that before um it's, it's great that's that's it that's me there you go. Maybe not handing off his notes, but still looking at the new writer. Then the I say, "Hey, good luck." I mean, yeah, that's what you say. You say good luck. <laughs> uh, Sparks, do you want to go next? Sure. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? We're doing the thing. Oh no, I was just saying, what's up? Uh, we played Fortnite. We did play Fortnite. You want to talk any bit about it? Um, that game's still really fun. Um, are those are the are those week one challenges like gone? Do they go away now? No. Okay. Because like I thought they might, but I've looked and they're still on okay, the good. list. So. Um, because like I I understand like uh being there being like, hey, this this is a challenge you can <clears> only do right now. But there is a lot of games I play that do that. And as much as I like Fortnite, I'd rather do that in other games. Mm-hmm. No, you know. Um yeah. but, I, but I still really enjoy playing that game. Um I'll I mean I want that Dr. Doom skin real bad, so I'll get it soon. Yeah, that's so that's why we gotta keep you working on the challenges because yeah. that's gonna get you the Dr. Doom stuff. Um, they, they also, because it's a Marvel event, so like they're putting back out skins they've done before that are Marvel related piece by piece. So Captain America was a few days ago mm-hmm. and then uh blade, I think is who's available now. But it's cool. Cool glasses. Um, yeah, I, I'm still enjoying that. Uh, it's, it's well-made. I can't deny. Oh, I forgot one more thing I did. Go for it. Uh, I decided, um, because I listened to a lot of podcasts and stuff. Uh, I could also transform that into audiobooks. So I've listened to three hours of the Dune audiobook. Nice. There you go. That is an that is an excellent one. That is one they put like all <clears throat> all the shit in. They got the steps and they got the noises in the back and they got the sounds and like the cuts. Nice. That's, that's a good one. I might have to start doing the audiobook. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a fast reader. I'm, a, I'm but like I there's too many things I want to do in that book so long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to start playing time to read Dune. Right now, Dune is resting on my Game Boy and my 3DS. It's gonna get delayed. You'll you have more time, don't worry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but just in case Warner Brothers is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case. Seems to be like uh, with it recently, too. Yeah. I read Power Rangers. We didn't talk about it. <laughs> no. I, read, I read Power Rangers too. <laughs> uh I watched the original King Kong. Um nice. Yeah, uh, that was for a class. Um, I hadn't seen that movie in a really long time. And I'll grant that it's like because of the way that we're specifically talking about the movie and looking at it. But I didn't realize how much the puppeted uh, close-ups of Kong in that movie are just really clearly blackface. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's it's gnarly. Yeah. Um, Anyway, products of a time, a bad. Speaking time. of blackface, we also watched Lovecraft Country. <laughs> oh, we did. Yeah, yeah. We well, didn't talk about it we, though. We will, but hey, man, we will. That shows up. That shows real a quickly, show. real quickly on Lovecraft Country, um, it shows the second most terrifying thing I've seen in the show so far. Um, it was the first, but then Zara reminded me about the snake penis. 
Yeah, I was like, yeah. how do you forget? <laughs> and I had blocked that out of my mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. What? Don't worry about it. Don't you'll, worry about you'll it. You'll find out whenever you watch it. Um, Megan and I continued watching uh, Killing Eve. That's a great show. Um, I, I only have good things to say about it. We also caught up on The Boys. Oi! Yo, that show. Did you watch the last? Did you watch last week? This week's this past episode. That's what caught up on the boys means. Caught okay, up. the penis. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wait, what's love sausage. Love. His name's Love Sausage. That's his soup name. Whoa. His name's Love Sausage. I haven't I, seen Last Friday yet. I'm, it's not a spoiler. I and just spoilers. There's a guy named Love Sausage in it. Okay. Your imagination. He has a penis. When I saw that, I was like. What and then the thing and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> oh, actually, last uh, last Sunday, once we were done recording, Fanny and I actually binged four episodes of The Boys. Hell yes. yeah! Wow. Which was dope. We haven't watched, we haven't seen the latest episodes of The Boys yet, but but we will. Jobwares. Um, I read. I, I don't normally bring it up, but I read the most recent uh, chapter of Dragon Ball Super because mm-hmm. that came out this week. Hmm. Um, stuff's happening, man, and that's wild. And I really don't know what the future of Dragon Ball is right now because we know Toriyama's making a movie, but we don't know if there's ever going to be another anime show or what. I mean, there will be, but like we don't know the terms of it or yeah, if it's going to cover this kind of stuff. It, it might skip this. This might say manga only. The Moro stuff? It might. But um, he's like Galactus. He can't do that. He can't I, deny us that. Uh, I'll, I'll say this unless something changes right now. Uh, it feels like they are very speedily wrapping up him for some reason. Oh, like it was it was moving at a pace, and that pace quickened very mm. very fast. And I cannot see how they can drag it out any further past this point. Dragging it out, uh, it it kind of has. To, I mean, they hint at it. Um, there's kind of a purposeful parallel of the way Goku is interacting with Moro is meant to reflect the way he treated Frieza the first time they fought. Um, but I don't exactly know what that story is trying to tell. Like a that. life lesson kind of thing? Like a um, like a, a kind of respect thing earned through the fight, in a sense. But by the end, I, I don't want to get like too spoilery, yeah, but yeah. by the end, you've got this impression that like Goku's surpassed him so much at this point. And he'll plead for his life, and Goku will be like, "Oh, oh I guess maybe." Give you some life, <laughs> yeah. And and I'm like, "Don't do this." <laughs> Have you not seen, it's it's really interesting to me that we're now what four years since it ended in Japan Super. Uh, the the anime. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, um, maybe three, maybe three, maybe three. Uh, and with how successful that anime was, that there hasn't been either another season or another show announced. At least, well, at least well, not mean, in the works. Again, like I think the whole thing, it, it, you know, it's it's on two fronts. It's that it's Toriyama wrote, it started writing Broly and then started writing the next movie. And so his focuses are there. And then uh, uh, they have the manga going, but the manga hasn't even finished what would be the next saga. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're in that right now. So I'm I'm personally grateful. I don't want them to start the anime again unless they're going to come back and not try to run continuously. I do think that was the one problem I had with super mm-hmm. as an anime is like i i wish that anime has more or less adopted the season model unless you're a show that was running before that became popular like one piece i have a question yeah um 
from from the anime from the manga to to super the anime is there was there filler like do you think they'll do a filler arc of the anime super before the moro stuff or do they not do that with super is there no filler the only thing the only thing that's supposed to have happened in super in the manga between the the events related to moro and the events of where the anime ended are the broly film oh broly film happened in between so they have to wait so yeah, that's what I mean. Unless they want to make filler shit, which right? I don't no, think, no, no. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that's the right way. So like, yeah, it, it's really just a question. Is I think that the question is: Is Toriyama going to come back and make the the show? Yeah, and start writing scripts for the show so the show moves forward, or what is the path? It's just not clear. And again, like when it comes back, I'd rather it comes back as seasons because I'd rather they put quality work into less episodes that look good. Yes, than a show that runs weekly for a hundred plus episodes. I agree. Yeah. Um. And hey man, if if it if we don't get any more super, but like in a year we get another dope Broly movie, we know Toriyama's making that. Yeah. So, so like I I like yo man, super's it ended and it's great. Uh, Broly's like arguably the best thing Dragon Ball's ever made. So like if I get another one of those, I don't I don't mind the way. Again, what like was, I, what was the original Broly's? What was the original Broly two subtitle? Uh, Bio Broly. No, that's the third one. <laughs> the uh. God, I want to say it's Broly World's Strongest, but that sounds a little off. Yeah. Um, I think it would be funny if Toriyama was like, it's that again. Oh, Broly Second Coming. Oh, there it is. Second coming. It is Second Coming. And then it's Bio Broly. Uh, Toriyama just did the just yeah. remade the three. Jeez. Yeah. I, I really don't want him to remake Bio Broly. Um, Makes him cool. <laughs> Wow. I never saw that. I think it's the one movie I don't think I've ever seen. I just thought it was too much. It's it's pretty bad. I just heard, yeah, I didn't hear anything. I, I like, I don't even get it from a des- design point. Quick tangent. In that one, uh, a guy gets access to Broly's body and decides to make a clone of him, but the clone very quickly gets covered in a sludge. So it's like a sludge version Is it of like Broly. a Kotati Empire. So it just, no, version? so it just like literally looks like a pile of goop over Broly's body with just a couple of his hair pieces sticking out and red eyes. What's the, what's, what, what's fun about that? No, that's my point. Like nothing. Like I'm like I don't. Why did you do this? This is stupid. Um. Anyway, let's make a Hulk and give him Wolverine. Wolverine. Not not to be too weapon age. Weapon age. Not to be too spoilery or to beleaguer this point for too long. But like this this month's chapter of Dragon Ball Super made me kind of go. I don't know how you satisfy this story you've built at this point mm-hmm. it feels like we're rushing to an uh, an ending and to be honest i hope kind of hope we are because if we aren't you've kind of built it to a point where to undo what's the path of what's happening it would be ridiculous um and that that makes me just hesitant about like what the future of super is as a whole mm-hmm. um I, i'm still waiting for that like strong vegeta moment get out of the kitchen ah. Uh, sorry. Um, cats. They sound uh, like, I'm not gonna lie, they sound like the Yoshi. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> um, what else? I caught up on all of Empire, and I also read Immortal She Hulk, yes! uh, along with <clears throat> catching entirely up on X Men. So, oh, you haven't gone yet, Brandon, but just like spoilers, did you read Immortal She Hulk? Yeah. Okay. Um, if you can i i highly recommend the empire event overall uh i'll just say that but i definitely think you should read the 
I guess both. I guess both Empire Aftermath and the Fantastic Four Fallout issue. Specifically, the Avengers one's super important. Yeah, <laughs> like, the, super the, important. The, the Empire Aftermath is really heavily tied to X-Men stuff. Yep. That is coming up. Uh, and you can kind of read that and just know the event happened and is now... But resolved. you won't have any and, context. But you won't have context. Yeah. Um, and then the Fantastic Four one is teasing up a whole other thing that I don't even, I don't even know. Yeah, but R.B. Silva's coming on that book, man. And he's one hell of an artist. He's one half of Hawksbox. And I'm like, I'll give you one issue slot. Give, tell me, show me you can be a good writer on yeah. Fantastic Four. Prove it. So um, at some point you guys should read Empire. And if you don't, I'm going to make you. It's so, really fun. Like, for uh, reals. It's, 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 it's a good event. It's an Al Ewing cosmic space book. It's so good. Um, Captain Marvel's in a really interesting place now because of it too. Let's see. Uh, what else in this? Uh, da, da, da. I Megan and I wanted to start doing some spooky stuff, so we watched um a movie called Ginger Snaps. Yeah, which I haven't seen since it it like around the year it came out. Um, it's a werewolf movie. It was made in Canada, Lady and it has everything to do with like the idea of puberty. Kind of specifically the period What's being that? attached to the lunar cycle of a werewolf. What's that, that comic we read? Man Eaters? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's kind of like that, but handled, yeah. handled worse. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, because uh, it, oh. it, it, it's, it's, uh, you can easily see it as um, men, menstrual cycles make women violent and crazy. And you can interpret it that way. Now, the movie does try to say that it's also just a thing about puberty because there is a guy who also goes through it. It's just he's so not the focus. Manstrel. That it it feels like it's specifically targeting the woman's period thing with the way they do it. Um, it's really interesting in its approach to werewolf stuff, though, which is something I valued it for when I was younger. I still value it for now. Um, it's the only werewolf movie where the transformation happens slowly over the course of a month um so the character is like a weekend is starting to grow a tail they look like and having to hide people. it and things like that um it's a cult classic for sure yeah and the creatures the creatures work looks really really good uh i also found out that there are two sequels that got the cast back for it straight to dvd right yeah yeah and so and so one sequel is like i, I didn't watch them i just read the synopsis and it, it you know like it directly follows the events and whatever but the other one is a prequel that takes place 200 years earlier in medieval canada oh my god is this tremors and it's the prequel and it's the two sisters who are the main characters of the movie their ancestors who have their exact same names basically doing the exact same story the original is, movie in the world it is that 1800 tremors <laughs> yeah. movie oh my god that's, i love i love and hate that tremors so four. Like, you're it. so Just you're so lazy lazy and yeah. it's so stupid yeah i'm like you couldn't even change their names they have to have the exact same names as their descended twin sister and the other thing it's about legacy. it legacy the other thing that doesn't make sense about it again haven't watched it just read about it is that it's a prequel to this original movie where she got one of the sisters got bit and turned into a werewolf, which means that it's not like it's in their bloodline. <laughs> their ancestors got bit and turned into werewolves it's too. It's stupid. Uh, 
Anyway, we also started playing Until Dawn, which I've never played, um, because Megan and I were looking for activities oh, I didn't to do know, together. I didn't know you didn't play it. That's why oh, I was no, I talking openly it. about it. Oh, no, okay. I haven't played it. Um, I didn't spoil anything. So I wanted, but... to, so I wanted to do it like with a person. So yeah. Megan and I are doing it together. Uh, that's a lot of fun. That is a choose-your-own thing. Same studio that's doing the Dark Pictures anthology, mm -hmm. which we're talking about doing for Basement Arcade. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That Until Dawn is like, like the like. As far as as far as until I play the Man of Madonna, like the best version of that kind of thing. Like, I love the Telltale yeah, games, yeah. but um, I think this is like the most <laughs> realized version of like how do you make a game, but it's also more of a story, and like right. it's just enough gameplay and just enough like the choose your own adventure stuff. Um, that's yeah, so good. And it does. It, I do appreciate that. Like I can tell when a game is kind of bullshitting me through. Like you have a choice, and I'm like, no, I feel like I <laughs> I have some choices. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I have as many choices as I want, but I have some choices. I will say because I did look it up. Uh, that very first choice is basically like a tutorial choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like uh, it was, things sense. were gonna happen regardless. Yeah, yeah. That 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 makes sense. Um, so that was it. And then this is kind of me transitioning over to Brandon, um, because I know he did this too. I we watched Enola Holmes. Yes. And uh, that's very charming and very good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, did, I did too. H Henry Cavill is a great Sherlock. Is he good? Is he actually? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Good. 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 Nice. I, I would argue. So, so hold on, real quick. I, I, I would argue he's almost a better Sherlock than a lot of other movie Sherlock's I've seen, simply because I feel like he's just a true detective, mm -hmm. not some super genius. Okay, yeah. Because mm -hmm. uh, he's just it like perceptive. Yeah, and that's kind of like all he is. It's like he's really just, good at his he's job. Just, <laughs> he just studies things, pays attention, and he's very perceptive. And and that's kind of it. He's not given to be hyped up beyond human intelligence kind of thing yeah uh and i think a lot of movies have kind of grandiose that up definitely the benny smack burner batch one e yeah so uh so in a way i kind of like that the most because i'm like you just feel like a real interpretation of what sherlock holmes would be that's good um like and a good real for person. um millie bobby brown that her name yes because like uh besides stranger things like i haven't i i, I don't think i've seen that's all king of the monsters Oh, that explains it. Because, um, like, she's... A, she's, she's really good at no, that. No, she is really good in that. Uh, that is, movie just didn't make any money. Um, uh, I want... Like, I think she's really talented, so, like... I do, too. Um, and she, she really... She, Netflix, though. She she um, produced this film, and uh, yeah. because it's, like, her favorite book series. Also, hey, I want to give special shout-outs, because in that movie is Fiona Shaw, who you'll all know is Aunt Petunia from the uh, Harry Potter films. Uh-huh. Um, she's great in it. Uh, she's also a really big role in the Killing Eve show that I'm watching on uh, from BBC America. Fiona Shaw's in that as well. And I will say that Fiona Shaw never really left much of an impression on me in the Harry Potter films. In these two roles, I'm like, you are now like, it's it's not that I don't think you were talented before, but now you are distinguished. You, are, you, have, utilized. you have a whole like, yeah. like way you can carry yourself now. Part of, partly because she of her was, age, also just she, her, her roles. She was the landlord. She was. Uh, she was running the the school. Holy shit! Yeah, that's Aunt Petunia. That's her. Yes, uh, she's fantastic. I know she's practically unrecognizable because she's yeah. able to like, be her own identity now. That in such a way, uh, she's also on Killing Eve, and she's fantastic. So, uh, awesome. I'm so happy to see her doing more and more stuff. God, I think uh, the last time I saw um, um, the actress who played Aunt Petunia. She had a small cameo role as the Prime Minister of England in Pixels. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Thank God she's doing something better. Hey, man, her paycheck's a paycheck, man. Yeah. Yeah, paychecks. She was only on screen for less than five minutes, too. Uh, I will say, Ben, uh, because I saw that movie once, and I could not have remembered that. So, like, you do bring that. That's a good little chunk it. Pixels is important today. Chunk it? What did I say? Chunk it. Chunk it? A little chunk it? <laughs> a chunk of a trinket. No, I, oh man, just, even just think about Pixels because I like that movie, but I still know how bad that movie is. And it's like, we all have that. Ooh. Yeah. We all have that. Uh, but Nothing yeah, Enola Holmes, Holmes, well worth your time. Solid, solid, uh, uh, fun. It's a movie, right? Well, well made movie. Okay. Yeah. Netflix movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I totally agree with that. I, uh, that was, that was a, a, a fun little... It does something really cool that you don't see often. Um, you know, it's when the... Yeah, I'll let you guys experience it for yourself. You know what? Um, I, will, I will make one other note about it. Is that Millie Bobby Brown, What what she does a whole lot of, like... It, she breaks the fourth wall. She engages with you. Yes. Um, that's a whole lot of, like... Imagine the same way that Deadpool does it. Um, but but without, like, the direct rule breaking. Um, but she's she's talking to you and guiding you through the story. And she's able to do it with such a, a earnest wit that it feels very sincere and it never feels cheap. It never feels uh, hammy. Yeah. And that's hard to do, I think, especially with like a, a younger actor doing it mm-hmm. in a more like made for family and children's role. I think it's very easy for that to get very like over the top and silly in a way. And, this... and they never go that way. Is it PG or PG-13? Not sure. PG, PG, I would imagine. Cool. I can't um, think of a reason why it would be PG thirteen. I just don't know, like, because I because I, that one guy doesn't get burns on his face, which he totally should have, but he doesn't. Oh, Home Alone, Home Alone syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I really I really enjoyed that film. Um, I would watch a I'll, I would watch more if they do the sequels. I'd watch more. Oh, for sure. Yes, I absolutely would too. Yeah. Um. Okay. Where's my turn then? I watched a movie called Overboard. The That's... original. Oh, okay. With Kurt Douglas, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Now I don't even know what what movie this movie is now. <laughs> and um the 40s or the 90s. <sighs> the girl's name is Madonna. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, no. Oh uh, god. Okay. Dolly, nope. Dolly Parton? No, it's not Dolly Parton. Doris Day? Oh, no, not Doris Day. Oh Shit. boy, Brandon. Let's talk about the prepared for this. She's a really great actress. And she is in, um... Oh, Goldie Hawn. <laughs> Goldie Hawn, thank you. She's in Christmas Chronicles. Mrs. Kurt Russell Claus. and Goldie Hawn are married. Kurt Russell. She's Mrs. Claus in Christmas Chronicles. Because they're married. Yeah, I love it. Okay, anyway, that movie aged so poorly. Um, It is Watch definitely... I did, it's good, it's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Anna Faris is good, is charming in it. Um... Yeah, I thought that was a that was a it's a funny film, but it aged very poorly. The the grandfather from Gilmore Girls was in it, and that was weird. Mm. Um, we we watched a movie called Airplane. I I've heard of the Airplane. Yeah. Um, excuse, excuse me, stewardess. I speak jive. <laughs> Jesus, that movie is very racist. But if you saw if you saw when you were if you know the references, it's very funny. Uh, I watched it with my girlfriend, who doesn't know any of the references, doesn't know what it's parodying, because it's old. So she didn't really enjoy it, um, but those are I, those are some great lines in that movie. I still think that movie is, uh, of course, a product of its time. 
Cool. Uh, every movie has some of that stuff, but uh, still hilarious. Truly hilarious. Like, it's hard to make a really good spoof movie, man, but that movie holds up so good. Yeah. Uh, I picked the wrong day to stop sniffing glue. That's uh, yeah. Jeff Bridges' dad. Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd Bridges. Well, I just love the part where uh, it's like, would you like some whiskey, man? Absolutely not. She starts snorting cocaine. <laughs> yes. I like my, I like my men like I like my coffee. It's just a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Get a hold of yourself, smack. There's, a line. there's like a nun and a teacher and like, and there's this one guy with a wrench. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a fun movie. And of course, the, the most famous line of all. Uh, in the, of in the very beginning, in the very beginning, uh, they do this bit where it's. Um, where where it's the 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 loading the the red zone is for loading and the white zone is for unloading. Please do not park in the white zone, like things like that. You know, it's the thing at the airport when they all come in. As that scene is going, you start to realize that the woman voice and the male voice are competing, and then they get into a marital argument. <laughs> and those two actors are actually married, and they are the real ones who do the LAX uh, narration. Oh, that's all. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's that's that was funny. Um, there is a sequel that it is funny, not as good. William Shatner's in it. William Shatner is in it. I have that I one too. I need to revisit Airplane. It's been so long. Don't worry, Striker. We'll get you down and down safe. <laughs> oh, just say falls down. All right. I watched a movie called Like Crazy. It is one of Anton Yelchin's films. Um, oh, Felicia Hardy, Felicia, Felicia, Sarah Dang. Connor from Terminator Genesis. Oh, Game of Thrones. Amelia Clark? No, no, Amelia no. Clark. Yeah, Amelia Clark. No. Wait, Felicia Hardy. No, the girl from Rogue One. Bro, oh, what was he talking about? Brandon, can you just like look this shit up before you? Like crazy. It. It's Felicity Jones. Felicity <laughs> Jones. I just, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> right. It turns into a guessing game. What the fuck? <laughs> <is> <laughs> <Sarah> <laughs> <Connor>? <laughs> I forgot. All right, look, anyway, it's a it's a fine movie. It's mostly improv. It's kind of boring, paced like crazy. But it's nice to see Anton Yelchin on the screen. Good. Uh, after that, I saw we saw a movie called uh, Playing It Cool, which is a Chris Evans uh, uh, romantic comedy mm. where he plays a writer and um, Aubrey Flaws is one of his friends and the, the Jesus Christ, whatever. It's one of the actors from, from a thing. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> This movie, uh, it came out right around one of the Captain America sequels, or like Two. Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah, so um, there Andrew was like Mackie's in it. Yeah, and then you get like, oh, you get you get like like they get handsome, and then you get rugged. <laughs> like yeah, uh, Topher Grace is in it also. Um, it's a it's a really charming, really funny movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, I watched Dante's Peak because I watched Volcano. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I did the double feature of the two Volcano movies. Dante's Peak is a really good movie. Uh, yeah. But if you're looking at us for a stupid disaster flick, it's Volcano. Yeah. Yeah, stupid. Yes. But I think Volcano, I like that's why I like Volcano more. You can like that more. That's okay. <laughs> which one has which opinion. one has more dogs jumping out of the way of lava in it? Oh, they both do. Shit. It's been a while since I've seen Dante. I was gonna say <laughs> Volcano's got it, but oh no. Volcano does have it, but the but Dante Speak has it too. Um, yeah, that, that that film's really good. That was that one's real solid. Uh, Linda Hamilton, Pierce Brosnan. That I like that movie. Good. Uh, Aliens. Speaking of 
no, James Cameron. There's a connection, but I don't want to explain it. Um, I watched Aliens because a while back we watched Aliens. I wanted to show my girlfriend Aliens. Uh, she liked that a lot more. I like that movie a lot more. I think that movie's really good and a lot better than Alien One. Uh, I I think so. This is a huge huge like thing online between Alien and Aliens. Um, they're fundamentally different movies. Totally. So I think it's, I think it's really hard to say one's better than the other because they're totally different. Yeah, they're um, going for totally different. Because like I think they're both ex they're both expertly made horror movies and action movies in a respected way. But like I, it's hard for me to say which one would be better. That's if you prefer one. I can see that, but I don't sure. think I don't think you can say Alien is not as good as Aliens. I think mm-hmm. that's just I, that's also just a personal thing. I don't know. I, I mean, I it is entirely like, do I feel like watching an a- action movie or do I feel like watching a suspense space film? It's not a traditional sequel. Like they're not mm-hmm. the same genre. It's almost a different. Like honestly, it's almost a different movie. It just has aliens, right? In it. Like, uh, uh, yeah, it's it very much almost like is comparing apples and oranges. Uh, so it's hard for me to put one above the other. It was definitely more fun watching Aliens with my girlfriend <laughs> than it was Alien. Because I don't know if you guys have had this, but if you guys ever sat next to someone who desperately doesn't like the movie you're watching, but you do. Yeah. Oh, not recently. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, Meg- <laughs> Megan did not like Ginger Snaps. <laughs> yeah. uh, I it, had is, <laughs> it is very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that could also be influencing my opinion. But anyway... I watched Hunt for the Will of the People, which is Taika Waititi's film he did before Thor Ragnarok. The movie's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam Neill's excellent. After all these years, it's still weird to hear him in his New Zealand accent. Yeah, it's funny. He's one of those guys who's like, well, I'm just always going to be an American. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but so many others aren't. Why, Sam? Why? Why are you em- not New Zealand? Embrace yeah. the Kiwi, Sam. Embrace yeah. the Kiwi. That film needs to be watched with subtitles for anybody who's not used to the Maori accent from New Zealand. Uh, yeah, um, watching, yeah. <laughs> like, if you watch, like, um, Flight of the Concords and you're not used to, like, accents, uh, I was young and I watched the movie and I'm like, oh, man, they're they're talking. Oh, man. <laughs> they're saying, they're certainly saying words. Yeah. Actually, kind of, when you said you need to watch the subtitles, kind of reminded me of the first time I saw Castlevania. I oh. thought I needed to put subtitles on because there are times where, I mean, don't get me wrong, cool oh, accent, but enough. what the frack are they saying? That's because uh, that's partially because the audio balancing on that anime is so bad. Yes, it is. Thank God I fixed it later down the line. Right? Kind of. As we no, uh, as we talked about it, uh, I watched Enola Holmes, um, but I also finished the Ip Man franchise. Ip Man. Um, this was I watched one last week, and so I watched two, three, and four this week. That franchise is so good. Yep. <clears throat> Uh, that third one had me crying. That second one is, I think, better than the first one. Uh, I would go out on a limb saying it's better. Um, and even Donnie Yen will say, like, this one's going to be a classic, uh, you know, better than the first one before he start, before he uh, finished it. And that's the one that started off Ip Man stuff. Because Ip Man wasn't talked, talked about in many, uh, really anything, unless it was as Bruce Lee's teacher. Mm-hmm. That's the one he's most famous for. He taught Bruce Lee. Um, so whenever they did a Bruce Lee biopic, he'd be there. And then they made this movie with Donnie Yen, the first one, Ip Man. And then they were like, oh, let's keep doing this. And there's like five more in a TV show. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of other not related Ip Man movies. Yes. And even a spinoff of this franchise with um, uh, mm-hmm. Chung Yin Ting. Uh, is that from, from the From Three. From oh, Three. Okay. I didn't see that one. Okay. 
Dave Bautista's in that. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson's uh, in one of them. Mike Tyson's in three. Yeah. So did Mike Tyson and Donnie Yen do like an It Man versus Mike Tyson short for YouTube once? Because no, could... that was in the movie. No, there's a movie about it, bro. <laughs> oh, the whole mind. Two is really good. Two is really focused, uh, and it kind of feels like you're watching Rocky at the end. By the end of it, um, three is really unfocused because it has the problem when he's he's got a new rival in Wing Chun, and Mike Tyson is there, and they aren't they don't mix the plot lines don't mix, so it feels very disconnected. Um, but that's actually that has a really emotional ending, and then four is a solid ending to that franchise. Um, and that's the only time where they really talk about Bruce Lee in any real significant uh, uh, way in the franchise, which I thought was really cool that they showed that kind of restraint. Excellent. I think it's also really, really a cool way to do biopics because I talk about a lot, and Patrick Williams did a whole video on this, but I talk a lot about a lot. I prefer biopics that are one singular event in a person's life. And since they did four movies, they were able to do that that kind of thing. Like it, it is one singular event, and then another, and then another. So it's a cool document of this dude's life up until his death and the end of the fourth movie. I love it. Um, so I'm really happy I watched those. Thank you for the recommendation, Ryan. You got it. I'm gonna watch those other ones because I've only seen one and two. I think two is really good. <laughs> I, I don't remember liking it more, but I only saw it once when it came out. So yeah, exchange. Yeah. Um, okay. And then I watched the movie Power Rangers, uh, the most recent movie that came out, 2017, I believe. We did a review oh, on wow. that. It came out in 2017? I think so. Uh, we Bro, did a review I, on the show. I remember I saw that movie and I was like, guys, you got to go see Power Rangers. It's actually good. It is. And we did, and it was good. <laughs> uh, that movie, I liked the movie more than the first time I saw it, for, uh, certainly. I kinda really, it kind of really sucks that they aren't getting a sequel because I think the lore is really solid. Uh, and I would like more in that world. I think the cast is excellent, like truly excellent. Like if they were given another shot, dude, those those kids would have been like superstars, man. Yeah. And of course, they had the ending with like the the tease for Tommy Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. Which was which I was really hoping for a sequel too because I really enjoy that. I, I like the change a lot that Rita and Zordon were Power Rangers. Yeah. I, so do dude, I. I think that opening again, like the first time I saw <laughs> that opening, it's like a million years ago, and I'm just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> It's still, it's just like not what you expect when you go to a Power Rangers movie. I'm like, okay, they're doing some cool changes. Um, Everything you thought you knew was wrong. Yes, but like actually, <laughs> it worked out. It, it did. Yes. No, I the last time I saw Power Rangers was actually in the theater, so I actually really need to see it again. It's been a yeah. long time. I think I mean, there's things in that movie that I don't think quite work. Uh, I wish it was a little bit more fun. But if you're gonna watch it, if you're gonna watch it on Blu-ray. You're gonna have to change, uh, turn up the darkness on your TV. So if you were watching it, we had rented the 4K Ultra, whatever the hell, on Amazon, and it was, and it was, I was like, the beginning, I was like, wow, this is a lot darker than I remember. I'm pretty sure this wasn't that dark. And then after a while, we got to the scene in the bathroom. I'm like, I'm certain this is supposed to be daytime. We need yeah. to figure something out. So we went to the brightness and we turned it up a couple of notches. We're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, there's the picture. Um, but yeah, I like the movie. But I did it because I was on a huge Power Rangers kick after reading the Power Rangers books that we were going to read for our book club. Uh, I did read all, all those issues. And I wanted to read more around that same area, era of Power Rangers, what was going on in the other titles at the same time. But before that, I read, Go- I read Power Rangers Aftermath, which is the sequel to the movie. It's a graphic novel sequel to the movie. It's pretty good. Uh, again, wish they got that sequel. Um, I read Go Go Power Rangers, the spinoff, the spinoff prequel series to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, that's really good. 
That's actually really good. It's a prequel? Yeah. Before they're rangers? It's when they first become rangers. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And it, it's it was the spin-off title by Ryan um North? the guy who's currently writing what? Ryan North? No, Ryan Potter. Ryan oh, Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Ryan Potter, um, I think you're right. Yeah, and then it's with art by Dan Mora. I only read the first four issues, but it really uh, goes into, like, it really focuses on the Power Rangers in a way that Mighty Morphin Power Rangers doesn't. Uh, and I really, that was kind of a really appreciative change. I really like the first four issues. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Pink, I read that one. It's the spinoff title again to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. However, it takes place after Kimberly, uh, Jason, uh, Trini, and Zach are no longer Power Rangers. So it's actually in the future of that title. Huh. Um, and that's all about Kimberly and then Trini and Zach show up uh, that's a really solid book I really enjoyed that one kind of getting to know more about Kimberly in the time period how she misses being a ranger and throw a lot of ranger lore at you that I was like okay um, <laughs> but there's some cool new costumes in that one uh, and then I want I read Power Rangers Soul of the Dragon which is the uh, Tommy Oliver in the future, Old Man Tommy going after his son comic we talked about a bit ago. Old Man Tommy. I wish that one was better. It's a really cool concept, but it's kind of handled pretty poorly. Um, but it's solid. Like I like the idea. Like you know, the fu- the future is different because the Power Rangers changed the world and saved the world, and Tommy is is uh, has to like go one one last time into the night to save his son. I like that stuff. But the best one was probably. Justice League Power Rangers by Tom Taylor uh, and Steve Byrne. That book is a lot of fun and really good. Good, good, good. Uh, I won't say too much about that because I actually kind of think I might make it my book club this week, but I'm between two. Um, I read Immortal Hulk as as I talked about with Ryan. Um, I did read. I, I did watch that Speed Cube documentary that you did, Ryan. <laughs> Was that by coincidence? Or. No, you- it, we had kind of had it on our list, and you, you mentioned you were doing it on the on the downright, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we should watch that." And it's yeah. only forty minutes. Yeah, and and like, I I didn't. I mean, I know it was, it was about kids doing Rubik's cubes, but like, I actually thought it was pretty good. Yeah, uh, but I also finished. I started and finished Dragon Prince. That's the last thing I did this week. I started and finished Dragon Prince on Netflix. This is the new animated series from the creators of Avatar: The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. Um, it's uh pretty good uh the lore is really interesting the characters are really fun voice acting is great um it's just the animation holds it back for me mm-hmm. from making it from thinking it's great because uh the animation is really stiff and doesn't allow for a lot of facial expressions it doesn't it just doesn't really work for me yeah that is a major reason i haven't even touched it yet yeah it's really it, the story is really good though and i actually really like the character designs ben Oh yeah, um, that's because there are times when I'm watching it, the animation does kind of throw it off, but you do get used to it because so, they're. Cause I watched they're, all three seasons. You did, buddy. No, you don't. <laughs> I got used to it, but it's, there's a difference between getting used to it, tolerating and it, tolerating no. and accepting what you yes. have. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, it's it, look, it's got a really cool story. Uh, by the end of season three, I was kind of thinking like, uh, we're wrapping up. I thought you just got four more seasons. Um, and then uh, the very end of season three does introduce what the next plot line would be. And I'm like, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm really excited for those next. I've been a huge fan of the show ever since it came out. And um, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. So I can't wait for those next seasons. I'm glad you enjoy it too. So that makes me happy. 
Claudia. Claudia, that. Anyway, that's what I. That's what I did. Take it or leave it. I'm taking it. All right. Shall we get into our bread and butter? Yeah, time for the B and B's. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Okay, okay, not in my ear. Thank you. Um, so we'd have some sad news to start with. Uh, Ron Cobb, a, a design, a designer on films, many films. He did uh, the you know, Stromo, for example, on Alien, mm-hmm. uh, the back, the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Um, he did designs for Star Wars: A New Hope, John Carter. Tons of tons and tons of films. Uh, he passed away this week at the age of eighty-three. Um, fun fact about him that I learned: he was apparently going to direct ET uh, before Steven Spielberg stepped in. Interesting. Would have been his directorial debut, I guess. That sucks for him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I just wanted to mention, you know, the internet has been talking about how influential this man was with his car- with his designs. I'm looking at his work right now. It's very, it's very good. Yeah. It's very, very good. Um, and then we have some updates on the. It's yes. Like, the cool exploding vortex. It's just so good. Um, and then we have an update. Uh, you know, we had, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but we were going to have a regular update on the Ray Fisher uh, situation going on over there and Warner Brothers. Um, so this is that. Apparently, the John Campia show and other podcasts have received an email uh, that what I wrote here is attempted to shine a light on another side of the conflict, which is basically saying that uh, it was saying that Joss Whedon and the, and everyone on, on justice league was under a, a lot of stress. Uh, what else did they say? Uh, that, that people were, were mean to Joss Whedon and that they, people said that uh, and the emails talked about how like, um, you know, it wasn't his movie and he knew that. Um, and people kept reminding him about that. And, you know, nobody really welcomes him with open arms in the, in the studio and things like that. They were making it a hostile environment. Yes. Yeah. I, my, I will say, I do not doubt Justice League was a hostile environment after Zack Snyder left, left the project. I can't, I can't imagine anyone was happy with the studio panicking about the movie and Zack Snyder having to leave midway through production and the studio getting more and more hands-on because BBS wasn't getting the critical response that they wanted. Yes. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Because they were doing both things. And also, if I recall correctly, uh, someone was removed from like high up in the company at around this time. Mm-hmm. Somewhat hinted to be related to the BBS uh, response. So like it, it like changed hands and then they went out. I'm sure it was shitty all around. Mm-hmm. Hey, but you doesn't know what? Excuse, doesn't excuse me. Beha- no, yeah, stress doesn't. Nothing in that email. That. Uh, covers all the stuff Ray Fisher's talking about. Yes. It's just talking about like really specifically Joss related stuff. And I'm like, that's probably true. It doesn't change what Fisher's saying. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, yeah, it, it, it is like I like I, I said to I said to Sparks, like, you know, I doubt everyone was just like, hey Joss, welcome to the movie when it first opened, <laughs> when he first walked on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it still doesn't especially, especially when you think like Pretty much since Buffy, every single thing Joss Whedon has done, he's always had a friendly face around, whether it's in the cast or in the crew. And there were no friendly faces that he's familiar with for this production. 
Yeah. All around me. Or... All right. So some video game news happened this week. Some pretty big shifts in the video oh game landscape. God, if there, guys, if there wasn't a topic this week, this would be our topic. This is how big this news is. I'm not even joking you. Oh yeah. Sure. Um, the Amazon Luna was announced. I've been on <laughs> Boo Boo the Fool. <laughs> I looked at the notes. I know what the order is. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. The biggest news of the video game news of the week is because Amazon is like, we're going to launch a new streaming streaming console just watching media. Like, is doing any better right now? Watching the light leave Ryan's eyes. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Man, Amazon, you're funny. (laughs) All right. Uh, Microsoft has bought Bethesda. Yeah. Uh, not, just Bethesda, not just Bethesda, but Zenimax, who is the co- mother company to Bethesda. But mm-hmm. the biggest, the big news is that it's, it's like Skyrim and shit. But, um, yeah. uh, uh, $7.5 billion. Yep. That's guys, a lot. That is almost, that is almost Marvel and Star Wars money combined. It is. Cause didn't so, they, cause they bought Star Wars for 4.8. Billion? Four, no, four billion each. Yeah, with Star Wars and Marvel. Okay. Um, like Fudge, I, to, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts that I've doing games already, but like specifically this week, this was the topic uh, for every single person. Uh, this is this is so monumental. Um, specifically because we were just talking about uh, what exclusives does does Microsoft have. Um, that that just that conversation just turned hardcore very fast. Um, if we're not, we're not just talking about Skyrim and Fallout, which are the two biggest Western RPGs of all time. Skyrim arguably probably is the most sold RPG of all time. They re-release it on every single system. It's on your phones now. It's insane. But they also have Wolfenstein. They have Doom. They have, uh, they have Deathloop. They have, um, they have Quake. They have all, all these franchises. They have Dishonored. Um, it's, it's, it's insane. If like, I don't think Microsoft is going to make all of these exclusives because they're going to be losing so much money. Well, they say, they say in the article, they, they say um, Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo will remain PlayStation exclusives as they were already announced. They, they are timed exclusives. Yeah. And, uh, but other games will be, will be on uh, a case by case basis is what yes. they said. Yeah. So I imagine Elder Scrolls six, that's going to go out on everything because okay. Microsoft wants to make as much money as possible. Yeah. But I would, I would say this third Doom, the, the I will say film, the third Doom game is also going to be on every console because they're going to want that everywhere. No, no, Ben. No. Do you remember what kind what of shitty? What, what kind of? Remember what the first Doom came out, Ben? It's a PC game. Yeah, I know. I'm talking about the new, the newer ones. That no, I know. But we know, we know what you're talking Microsoft, about. We're saying they're going to want to keep it on. Microsoft Xbox. is they want exclusives that people yeah. come back to. Doom was a PC exclusive until it went on everything. Like those are old school PC mm-hmm. games. Same with ID with Quake. Those are PC games. Mm-hmm. The, this like of all the games to to get uh, uh, exclusified, Doom is absolutely the one they're going to do because that's that is such an intense fan base. Skyrim yeah. is for everyone. Doom is not for everybody. Uh, Doom is for hardcore people like Xbox people and PC people. Of course, PlayStation owners play them, but uh, Doom didn't come out on the PS2. It came out on the Xbox. Doom 3 didn't come out on the PS2. It came out on the Xbox. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like things like Dishonored and Wolfenstein, all those are going to be now exclusive. And that's... Uh, Doom 3 did come out on the PlayStation 3. Did it? Yeah. Oh, no, no. But I'm sorry. When it originally came out in 2004, the PlayStation 3 did not exist. It came ported afterwards. Sure, sure. It is an exclusive to the Xbox console. Sure. That's what I mean. 
I 100% believe that that's going to go back to that. Um, Skyrim is, again, the biggest game in the world. They're going to give that to as many people as possible. But, like, this just gave a lot of people more incentive to buy Xboxes. Like, this is this is the biggest – this is insane. Uh, so much money. So much money. Although the uh, memes have been nice, especially with uh... – um that like crank kid is like like bethesda workers trying to put games out a, a on time and b without a billion and a half bugs in them oh yeah um that, that too like uh like tango tango software who makes the evil within and stuff and and uh ghostwire tokyo after this playstation game comes out they're gonna have the full support of microsoft to make whatever they want any spooky game they want um and this is a situation where if Sony were the company buying Bethesda, I wouldn't feel as comfortable as I do with Xbox, which is a weird thing to feel. But I know the thing is, I'm going to get all of these games for free on Xbox Game Pass. I never will have to buy a Bethesda game for the rest of my life. That is that is that is marketing uh, that will sell your sell your game for the rest of time. Hey, if you want to buy uh, if you want to buy uh, Dishonored, even even Skyrim, even if they are crazy enough to do that. Hey, if you want to pay seventy dollars to Skyrim on your PlayStation, go ahead. You have it for free on the Xbox. Like if that's not if that's not incentive to buy an Xbox, I don't know what is. Like that's nuts. Yeah. This is so this is so crazy. It is. I love it. Uh, and then the other thing is the Amazon Luna did launch. Hell uh, yeah. Do we care? <laughs> no. So do you guys remember the last game that Amazon put out was? No. No. It was called Crucible, and it was so bad that it's been delisted from from uh, uh, companies to buy from. You can't buy that game anymore. Wow. Yeah, I tried that game once, and it was bad. Because uh, it, it, it was a free-to-play uh, Fortnite type of game, uh, you know, character Overwatchy type of game. That mm. game was so bad and so badly received, it has been delisted from Steam and from Epic Store and stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't feel I don't feel great about Amazon's game uh, market right now. We'll come. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see you in a year. How about that? Um, uh, they they did feels, offer. It feels like the video game equivalent of Quibi, or the Stadia, which is also failing right now. Yeah, which um, also they, video game equivalent. Yeah. Of- yeah. <laughs> so they they did say uh, that they have a new channel that's going to be offered at five ninety nine a month for now, um, which will include a partnership with Ubisoft. So subscribers to the to the Amazon Luna will have access to Assassin's Creed and uh, Far Cry Six and Immortals: Phoenix Rising day one for five ninety nine a month. Yeah. Hey yo, you know all that's really cool. On Game Pass, you can get the same thing on better <laughs> yeah. hardware. It's true. Uh, and then they said that they integrating integrating with, with Twitch. Uh, supposedly, you can just start playing from Twitch. Also, just pick up your controller and start playing. Um, I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, I understand how that could work. I don't. If, if you just <laughs> that's the promise that they keep saying when they were introducing the Stadia too, uh, and I, I have yet to hear anybody say like that that matters or makes uh, an impactful enough difference. I. Yeah. I to try stadia and i also did try it when it was first coming out so it could have been just buggy but it was it was not very good for on my computer and i have a pretty decent computer yeah um okay I think a, friend, a friend of mine from work he has he has a stadia but he only played it for like a little bit and i don't think he's touched it ever since yeah uh all right so moving on um the boys uh, Boy. has apparently doubled its viewership this this week um from the first season um so amazon took the opportunity to announce a new spin-off series uh about from the boys which will be uh show ran by craig rosenberg uh who is the showrunner who is one of the executive producers on the boys he's gonna re- he's gonna write uh the pilot and he's gonna just be the showrunner um it's a spin-off that's gonna be uh set in a college of supers 
owned by Vought. Oh man. Um it's it's the Vought owned Young Avengers. Yeah. Um you know, what was it? Does anyone remember the name of the team uh that A Train and Pop Claw uh, were from? Yeah. And yeah, Pop Claw. Yeah. I just remember and, the, uh, the the Kids for Christ kids. That's all I the, remember. And the uh Mesmer. Mesmer yeah. was oh god, it was like teen something. I forget. I forget. Teenage kicks. Yeah. Super team teenage kicks. Teenage kicks. Yeah. Um, this is gonna be like like a teenage kicks kind of show. Yeah. Um yeah. I'm the I am so shocked that the boys is not only like doing well, but it's like Amazon's most watched thing. I can't mm-hmm. believe that. Because one, it's a comic book show, but two, it's a rated R, hella disturbingly gross, like vile, like, oh, these are the worst people on the planet, and we're showing you what they do. Um, they're banging and crushing heads. Like it's it's crazy. Sometimes people, at the same time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I like I can't believe the things that are happening on the show, but also it's the most most watched thing on the on the network. And I'm like, yo, man, when something's good, people people watch it. Um, I'll take more of the boys if it's this quality. I'll take it. You know, yeah, totally. Keep the quality high, I'm there. Um, okay, moving on. Young Avengers in the boys before the real Young Avengers. Oh <laughs> no, they're gonna solely my boys, but they're sponsored. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Uh, so some comic book news. Uh, some some cool stuff happened in the comic book industry. They announced a new image series called Homesick Pilots. Yeah, written by Dan Waters with art by Casper Wingard. Uh, in the summer of 1994, a haunted house walks across California. Inside is Ami, lead singer of a high school punk band who's been missing for weeks. How did she get there? And what do these ghosts want? Expect three chord songs and big bloody big bloody action. That's Power Rangers meets The Shining. Yes, yeah, this uh, this sounds awesome. Yeah, a walking haunted house. I'm like, yeah, what's going on about this punk band? Like, this just sounds super cool. Like another, like uh, how many how many original ideas are left? Plenty, apparently. Yeah. Um, and I every time I see something like this, I'm like, oh, thank God, originality still exists. <laughs> this sounds so cool. <clears throat> uh, and then probably the big news happened uh, by surprise. Marvel released their solicitations last week. Um, with their entire X line post uh, post ten of swords, uh, and then when the preview catalog hit this week, there was a new comic in there. There sure was by the same team who did Empire, by the way. Sword was announced by Al Ewing and Valera. Sh- uh, I'm sorry, she- Shitty, Cheaty, 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 Cheaty. Thank you. Cheaty. It's like Brian Bonner all over again. Yes. Um. Anyway. Uh. So I've been saying forever, I was like, I would love it if Al Ewing came over to the X-Line. Uh, and here it is. Um, it's going to be spinning out of Ten of Swords. Um, and if you read Empire, but that's already over, so they can't say that. But if you read the end of Creation, then you know why. I know yeah. why. Um, we'll include the characters of Magneto, Abigail Brand, Cable, Frenzy, Wizkid, Fabian Cortez, and Manifold. Hell yeah. Um... Cool obscure characters. I love it. Um, real quick, uh, uh, spoilers for the end of, in the Empire. The heroes win. A big shock, right? Um, but the the thing that Sword is being created for is Abigail Brand used to run Sword, uh, and then Alpha Flight and the X Men and the Avengers all kind of like took over, and Sword was kind of put in the backside. And Abigail Brand was like, "Yo, listen, I am the defense. I am the defense of of like a uh, uh, like space defense. I'm the space shield, right? So you." You gotta let me do my job. And everyone's like, nah, whatever. Like, we don't need you. And then this big invasion force happens. The Kotati Empire happens, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but they, the, 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 the heroes save the day, blah, blah, blah. 
and then there's like an epilogue and it's all of the avengers and like uh emperor hulkling like they're all beat up on the ground and then abigail brand shows up with her team and she's like what did i say what did i tell you what's up swords coming out next month or whatever like that's what, <laughs> what happens and it's like she tried to warn you guys and it's like it's just it's it's a it's like a two-page thing in empire but it it's just like it's a little setup that i really like uh Abigail Brand rules, you guys. Imagine if Maria Hill was even doper. Uh, the solicitation reads, In the startling aftermath of Ten of Swords, mutant kind will take the bold next step in, cl- in claiming their destiny by relaunching the sentient world observation and response directorate to deal with all things extraterrestrial uh, on behalf of Earth. Oh, so that's what that stands for. Yeah, the events of Sword will have a tremendous impact not only on the X-Men world, but the Marvel Universe as a whole as the mutants of sword warp the cosmic landscape forever. So Abigail Brand, real quick, has a very interesting history, as in uh, we don't know what her history is because uh, she has green hair, but that's her natural hair color because she's part alien and part human, but we don't know what the alien side of her is because she's also a mutant. And if you read Empire, she has a mutant power of her, her uh, fist glow red and she, she punched Captain Marvel across the thing. And I guess, you know how powerful Captain Marvel is? That goes to show you, Abigail Brand is no joke. She's super strong, super smart, super cool. Um, I just, I think this is so cool. I'm so excited, and Al Ewing's doing it. I'm just, it's a good time, guys. It's a good time for comic books. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited for this one. I love Al Ewing. I especially love when he does Cosmic. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Abigail Brand was an Agents of Shield, I think. Pro- oh, she, she um, I think you might be thinking of uh, Hand. I am. Because Victoria yeah. Hand. Yes, you're thinking of Hand, who also is very cool, not as cool as Abigail Brand. Oh, you said Hand. I thought you said Ham. I'm like, what? Spider Ham. Yes, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I remember. Was, I was like, what? Ham sandwich? I just had a sandwich. Uh, anything else that, on this one? Um, That comes out December, which means Exoswords will be done by December. And I'm like, oh man, that doesn't seem that far away. Yeah. And, um, I'm being the king in black. Oh my gatos. You're right. Um, well, actually, when I saw the cover for Sword, I'm like, neat. And then back in my mind, I was like, uh, you know that meme from of CJ from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas where he's walking down the street and goes, ah, shit, yeah. here we go again. But it's essentially uh, replaced here we go again with, ah, shit, another book in my pull list. Because mm-hmm. Al mother effing you, Ewing is I Magneto in space. Magneto, Magneto in space. I just finished reading Cable, and I really hate myself for not picking up Cable, so I'm going to hunt down those issues, because that's a really dope-ass book. And also, Al Ewing, who wrote my favorite Hope book as of right now? Damn it, Marvel! Stop it! My wallet can only take so much! Don't tell him to stop it, no. I miss miss Ultimates. On on a quick note, Ryan and I were having a discussion about it, and like outside of Dan Slott's Fantastic Four, literally every one of the hitters is knocking it out of the park. Ta-Nehisi Coates is killing it on Black Panther and Captain America. Iron Man is now good again. Christopher Cantwell is killing it on Doctor Doom and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Widow's good. Black Widow just re- like launched again, and that's good. Black Panther's been good. Captain Marvel has been solid. Mm-hmm. Hulk is great. Yep. The X-Men are fantastic. The whole Marvel Universe has never been this solid <laughs> as a whole. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Nick Spencer's still doing great stuff with Spider-Man. Yep. The Spider-Woman title is really good. It's stupid. Marvel, Cos- all of Marvel Cosmic is, is right back. Now. Like Al Ewing's brought the Cosmic stuff from like a decade ago that we all love, the DNA stuff. They I, I like feel it. like DC... Oh, man. 
No, that, that's that's too mean, but... No, it's not. If you're going to say DC's bad, it's true. No, I was going to say it feels like a bunch of the X-Men are just staying on the side. Like, when I go to the comic store, you have, like, the, the tiny little DC shelf and the big-ass Marvel and uh, 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 third party... Or not third party, but the... Small, like, dark, dark horse image books. Essentially, those guys are staring at the DC shelf and flipping them off the whole time. It's, it's kind of funny, because at our store, the Marvel stuff kind of goes... Sometimes runs at the bottom of the DC stuff, because there's too much Marvel stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that, that's funny. Yeah, it is. Don't have enough room in that store anyway, though. Um, and then the last bit of this news is that Netflix has canceled Dark Crystal: Age of Existence after one season. Age Dark- of Resistance. Age of I wrote that. Definitely wrote Resistance. Yeah. It's our fault. It is. Yeah, watch. We didn't watch those episodes. It's our fault, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, Netflix. Fake nerds watch Dark Crystal come in December. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of DC, I'm mad that show got canceled. That's yeah. sad. They just yeah. added the game. Really good. They just added the strategy game to Game Pass. Oh, nice. Yep. Speaking of DC, I got some DC news. Um, Peacemaker from the upcoming The Suicide oh. Squad, played by John Cena, um, is getting a spinoff HBO Max TV show. That has been written and developed by James Gunn. Uh, really, really shocking. Because mm-hmm. just when you think of, yo, let's get the 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 douchebag Captain America a, a a show, but like that just means James Gunn has such a dope idea that like this is the thing he wanted to make after this movie. I'm like, it has to be good, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. what idea? Like, I'm imagining it. I'm honestly imagining it. Or the he boys. just, or he just was so impressed or enamored with john yeah. cena's performance in the role he's like we gotta do more i honestly think it's gonna be like the boys but it's captain america like that's who that character is like in a way like he's 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 justice at any means um so like you know man more violent superhero stuff i'm with it and also just having another hbo max show that is clearly tied to the films like mm-hmm. they're doing the disney plus marvel studio stuff yeah yep. this is what i want because like y- yeah there's the the batman show that's gonna tie in um but but it, it, it they they're still treating that as not part of the proper cinematic universe that they want and so yeah. but having this tie-in is great yeah um yeah. i'm i'm stoked i really hope the title really is just f you here comes peacemaker <laughs> <I hope that. laughs> uh yeah i'm really excited for that um and then black adam has cast his hawkman aldous hodge from this past invisible man this not yes, past year, right um, the if you guys uh, don't follow the rock on instagram you should oh uh, yeah 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 because uh-huh. his reaction with all this uh he called him and all this didn't believe it was like the rock yes uh, and he's like well you better believe it man because you're 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 in my movie and yeah, he's like, yeah wait wait all this freaking ah! out yeah <laughs> it seemed like it's such a like a real reaction um uh i have stand this actor for over a decade uh ever since he did leverage on tnt this guy oh. is so good um and you've seen most people if you know him will have known him from the invisible man that just came out mm-hmm. uh where he played the black uh officer um and prior to that he did two seasons uh for a show of a show called underground with journey smollett they were the leads uh they did that with the same showrunner for lovecraft country um oh. so so to say he has deserved this is uh, an understatement. I'm so stoked. I'm so happy yeah. for him. And I'm really happy to have a Black Hawk man. I'm not going to lie, especially if we're doing a lot of the Egyptian tie in 
Uh, I agree. I'm, I'm happy about that for sure. One hundo. Yeah. If this is no. if this is Prince Khufu and not. Honestly, either way, even if, you're doing alien, even if you're doing the alien shit, like there is no reason Hawkman has to be a white guy. This is legitimately one of the characters are like, guys, he could be anything. Like for yeah, yeah. Re for real, he's an alien. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter. He's right. a reincarnated. He's a reincarnated alien who is also an Egyptian prince. Right. Yes. That mm, explain that rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be like when they did Cable in Deadpool two. They're like, we're not gonna. Oh yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the final bit of news came from the CW verse or the Arrow verse, as it should be called. Um, Supergirl. Is is coming to an end yeah. at season six. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, which is this season. Yes, that they're doing right now. Um, because of the pandemic, most of the shows have been cut short on their episode orders. Um, but Supergirl is getting twenty, which oh, is wow. only two or or four short than mm -hmm. its usual seasons. Um, so it's going to be longer than all the others this year because it is their last. Uh, this is not entirely surprising to me. Because uh, pretty much from the moment, the other reason why Supergirl's production was postponed on top of the coronavirus is uh, Melissa Benoist's pregnancy, because mm -hmm. she's currently pregnant. Uh -huh. um, it's not surprising to me that she'd want to step away at this time. Yeah, um, it, yeah. Uh, especially like not living in Vancouver, like regularly and having to film there for this show. I can understand being a new mom, not wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, especially in a universe where saying goodbye isn't saying goodbye forever. Yeah. But mm -hmm. like you can step down from being the lead of a show. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not shocked. I'm actually kind of happy. It's good to know that at least one of the shows I really still like a lot, not just like watch because I'm keeping up, but I really enjoy watching is probably going to go out on a high note because I haven't been disappointed with Supergirl up to this point. And it's going to end on its own terms. And it's going to yeah. end on its own terms. And I'm like, that's, I couldn't ask for more. Like six seasons is a solid amount. Yeah. It's going to go out well. Uh, and I'd rather that than the way Arrow went out. So, uh, which was overstaying its welcome. Mm -hmm. uh, I genuinely wonder how long they'll, they'll be able to keep the flash around. In like yeah. it's yeah. so funny because like there are so many memes of like mm. Supergirl gets canceled and then it's like Flash looks behind his back. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Barry, because because it was at, me, Barry. At a certain point, like I have to imagine that some members, if not Grant Gustin himself, are getting a little tired of doing that all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, I I do wonder how long Flash is planning to go for. But um, the really nice thing is it, it, the timing couldn't be better. We've got Superman and, and Lois Lane show coming up. She can show up there. So there'll still be, you can, and like Supergirl can still exist in the universe of the show. Like you can see her just as much as we were seeing Superman yeah. before uh, he got this show. So, she's on the Justice League. Right. But yeah. So like she'll, she can still come oh, back yeah. and show up. Melissa Benoist, I'm sure will still reprise her role as Supergirl mm -hmm. every once in a while. We're just not going to have her regular show. Yeah. And I think that's fine. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that it's gonna, it's gonna be good. Like that, that we're not, unless the season's really shitty, which would suck, but <laughs> so far, so far it's been solid. So I'm glad because like, I like the flash, but I've gotten tired of the flash mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of that one I'm watching to keep up. So whenever the flash ends at this point, it's kind of gonna be like, yeah, but you didn't hit, go out on your high. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, well, each their own, but yeah. Um, now we switch gears to the distinguished competition of Marvel. 
The Marvel Cinematic Universe had some Snyder news. Cut news? What? No Snyder Cut news? Oh, I actually meant we'd talk about that with the Ray Fisher stuff. Sorry. Oh, I think, yeah, I was going to say, because that seems like a big deal, doesn't it? But yeah, that does. They're spending, they're I don't spending, know, $20 a big deal? <laughs> uh, Justice League will now have cost $370 uh, because Zack Snyder is doing more reshoots with... Uh, cheapest movie ever made. <laughs> $370 million. Um, I think that makes it the most expensive movie ever made at this point. No, uh, Avatar. Yeah. Avatar is more than that. Avatar does not have more than $370 million. Avatar definitely costs more than $370 million, my boy. The first Avatar? No. Yeah, 100%. That cost half a bill, baby. No, it didn't. Mm, pretty sure. You guys, someone look it up. Yeah. I know. Um, way. Too much money. Anyway. anyway um, yeah. Uh, because he's doing reshoots with um, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot. Ray Fisher is expected to, to come back. But Everyone. Not- Everyone expected to. Everyone is expected except for Henry Cavill. He's the only one I wanted. <laughs> I mean, it'd be better than him exploding throughout the movie because of his Witcher, his Witcher look. Oh my God! Just have him have the they, Witcher wig. Okay, so Avatar was officially budgeted when it started at two hundred thirty-seven million. Okay. However, additional costs later put the estimates more between two hundred eighty and thirteen hundred ten million, plus one hundred fifty million for promotion. It's a lot. It's I can't still- do math right now. What? So <laughs> estimates put it between 218 and 310 million, and then add 150 million for marketing. For- so about yeah. 450. So about 450 million. Well, yeah, then if they take the marketing into account of 300 of uh, the 370 million dollars, I'm just reading- that wasn't taking marketing into account. I'm just reading you what the Avatar stuff. Says, I also so don't all. care that much. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, good for him. He's getting to the movie that's supposed to be done. That, see, that's that's the thing that I'm mad about. It's like, yeah, man, I had this cut tef- definitely ready. Definitely don't need all this money to help finish it. Definitely not. Literally oh. said, all Warner Brothers has to do is push a button and it's out. Oh. It's an, a year-long button. Dang. Nope. Still not. Do you want to know? It's really stupid. Do you want to know what the highest budget movie of all time? Sure. Like raw budget, not including promotional material? Yeah, raw so, budget. No, no. 378 Point five million Solo. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Oh, what? That's the fourth one, right? That's the fourth one. That movie costs that, movie? that really? is the most expensive. That movie cost $378 million. Are you million? I think all that went to Johnny Depp's wine budget. I or something. That's crazy. Yeah, that movie does not look like it cost that much money. No, so, it does not. I I'm not on you though. That is it. That's wow. Movies don't oh, need to crap. exist. That's too much. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah, that yeah, that's what pisses me off too. Is that he's yeah. he's like it's done. He's like yeah, they just push a button. He's like oh hey, I need to do research. He's like what? Why are you lying, Zach? Whatever. Happy for him, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy that the cast is coming back because if they 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 want to come back, I think that's yeah, except for the one actor we really want to come back so we could put yeah. people who- real quick. I'm pretty sure he still wasn't lying necessarily. I think that they were like they had everything filmed for the cut he wanted to release of the film. He's mm-hmm. now making four one-hour episodes of a show. Yeah, that's different. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. probably now adding in material to make other things that were there work even better. That's true. Okay. I don't think that necessarily him. So, like, slightly coming to his defense, I'm sure that the cut was all filmed. Everything that he wanted originally, like, kind of for the most part, was there without effects and stuff. Yeah, right. 
But, uh, yeah, but the other thing is, like, and also know that he left the project partway yeah, in. he did. So, it, it, of course, there's going to be some gaps. It doesn't sound like it's a ton that they want to reshoot. Yeah, he yeah. kept talking about, like, how the VFX are done, the movie is done, it's ready to, you can put it in theaters now. And it's like, dude. No, I get it. Like, I mean, that's, that is bullshit. Yeah. But we always knew that, like, seeing the effects was done and all that was bullshit. Bro, we saw what that dark side looked like. Yeah. All right. So anyway, <laughs> now we're switching gears, going to the other aisle. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Disney has postponed the MCU start, the Phase 4 start again. Um, Black Widow has been pushed from November 6th to May 7th of next year. Right. Oh, that's a big push. Yeah. yeah. Shang-Chi is now going to be in between Black Widow and Eternals. Right, uh, when it wasn't when it wasn't before. It's so weird. It had originally had the release date of May seventh, but now it's going to be July 9th. Right, Whoa. and Eternals has been pushed from February twelfth of next year to November fifth of next year. That's oh, insane, right. dude. That's a year. That movie was going to come out this this year. It was. Um, holy shit! And Shang Chi has the date that was being reserved for Spider Man three, yes. which has now been pushed to December. Optimistically, yes. And then things get crazy because we have three MCU movies one month after the other the next year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we have a year off and then we're getting way too much. Um, Damn you, I, Corona. I didn't look at the dates. I didn't know it was this this severe. That's crazy. Shang-Chi must be a smaller movie because I don't think that thing's even started filming. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. I've not heard anything. I follow the dude on social media. He's not filming right now. We'll talk about it when we get to the trailers, but, um, you know, WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier have been switched. Yeah. I think yeah. I think really because Falcon Winter Soldier takes place, like, has a spoiler for, from Black Widow or, some, or vice versa. Yeah. And I think WandaVision is probably, it seems like a more self, I want to say self-contained its own thing, but yes. who knows what that thing is really about. It also looks, no offense to Falcon Winter Soldier, but it looks cheaper to have produced. Yeah. Like it's yeah. in, it's mostly set in one place and yeah, like they so for WandaVision, they only need a, really yeah. they just need a soundstage. Whereas I'm assuming for Falcon Winter Soldier was filming on location that had a that had yeah. an earthquake and that's pushed them. Yeah, whereas those guys are are they're traveling the world. Whereas it, WandaVision is like, eh, just put them in Studio 35, they're fine. The, man, uh, the other the other MCU news is that the Loki TV series has cast Richard E. Grant. Yeah, he's great. Nice. Um, he will be in the Disney Plus series. We don't know as who. They haven't said. He was he was so excited to be in that Star Wars movie, and it's nice to see him. It's like now I'm in a Marvel thing. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. So, uh, just just to clarify on those release dates too. Uh, so it is Spider Man at the moment on December seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Thor: Love and Thunder is now February eleventh, twenty twenty two. Okay. And the next month, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. Guaranteed, one of those is moving to the summer. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't yeah because they're still gonna want to put captain marvel 2 and guardians of the galaxy 3 out you think in 2022 oh my god so many yes movies. yes i do i do think yes they are going to have yeah. to push those movies that close to each other because otherwise there are many steps yeah. back from where they want to be i just can't believe it's so again it's eternals is like that movie was gonna come out in like two months and here's mm-hmm. the thing Honestly, the more delays that happen related to the coronavirus, the closer these Marvel releases are going to get to each other. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to keep pushing them back forever. They're going to start. They need to come out to each other. Yeah, you're right. Man, it's nuts. Um, and then the the final bit of uh, well, not the final bit of MCU news. 
uh, is that Nick Fury is apparently getting his own Disney Plus TV show with Samuel L. Jackson returning. I love I love a seven year old man getting a TV show. Good job. Um, Good job. This will be written by one of the executive producers and writers from Mr. Robot, Kyle Bradstreet. Ooh, that that to me immediately says like spy shit, because mm-hmm. that or like hacker shit. Like that sounds cool. So, is this sword? So a show. So somebody put like if this show isn't called Nick Fury Sword and Shield, then I don't want it. Because I'm like, <laughs> oh shit, that's awesome. Because if you guys remember at the end of Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. Uh, sorry from home oh my god spider-man in the end of the spider-man movie he's he's establishing sword up in space um well so okay like, wait a second hold on i think it's either i don't remember who was on set and it's, it's either falcon winter soldier or wandavision there were people walking around it, it with with uniforms for sword cool i believe it oh yeah hell yeah Woo. so 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 it will be introduced in one of those shows i don't remember which we're one gonna get sword that makes sense um, um yeah, man. All right. Would uh, you accept Fury before... agent of Sword? Yeah. 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 I, just wanna, I just like Sword being a thing that's like it's happening in the comics right now. Guess what? It's also happening in the TV well, show. Like, right uh, now. from the MCU perspective, ignoring the Agents of Shield, a- ABC television shows effect. Yeah. Uh, Shield has been gone for so long, and now they'll reestablish themselves as like, guys, there's a whole lot of extraterrestrial threats. Mm-hmm. Y'all just had Thanos, mm-hmm. so uh, we're making Sword, and everyone's gonna be like, we feel so much better with Sword up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mag says, hopefully Zodiac Connection 2 or other enemy groups, yeah. Oh, this, yeah, yeah. This time, no Nazis. No Nazis. No more. Uh, no Nazis. That's, the ta- that's the recruitment tagline for, for Sword. <laughs> this time, no Nazis. Yeah, this this time. Are you a Nazi? Sorry, I can't join. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get in some trailers. Sorry. Flawless. <laughs> Let's get in some trailers then. Keep talking. Um, Transformers War for Cybertron Earthrise had a trailer. It's first trailer. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So I was, I was that first trailer lied to me because then I saw that show. So I, I, I now see what they do with these trailers, and they put all the cool stuff in the trailers, and it's not actually that cool. So, or like there are still cool <laughs> concepts that are just underexplored. Yes. Yeah. So, I like the stuff with Megatron. Be, like, it's exactly what you wanted. You're like, hey, okay, the Megatron is like left on this planet. Like, what happens after? That seems to be like what it's about. But also, we're gonna follow Optimus on some random planet team. I'm like, that's probably not gonna matter about anything, right? Um, I want to believe Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this will be better. Maybe, but then remember, I, God, I, I know I was the most positive on the Transformers show, but even when I was watching this trailer and. It's like they do show cool stuff, but I wanted it to stay on Cybertron. I didn't want them to go to Earth because it's called Earthrise. It's like are and the next season Earth? and the next season uh, introduces the max the not the Maximals the yeah the Maximals and the Predacons <laughs> yeah of course. Actually, I thought for a second that like that one dude with the with the weird logo before Prime the mercenary the mercenary yeah, thing I yeah. thought that was like a bastardized version of the Maximals. I was like, whoa, are we getting, like, animal Transformers? Oh, no, 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 never mind. That's season three. I mean, I'm still interested even in just, like, the idea of a mercenary faction. But the thing is that I just don't expect this team to deliver on those cool ideas. So now my expectations are much lower and I'm less... If you look at, uh, like, Bumblebee, like, Bumblebee wasn't Mm -hmm. a mercenary, but he was the third, he was, like, a a rogue element, right? Why would I want to join you guys? The Decepticons only try to kill me every time they see me. There you go. That's Uh, stupid. So, like, I'd like to imagine, because, like, the idea of, like, a mercenary group or, like, like, you know, this group of others from the Transformers uh, is a cool idea, but then I just think about, like, 
that execution's probably not going to be very cool. Pretty right. sure I saw a Quintessa, a Quintesson. Yeah. At the, yeah, end? the very end, it looked like a Quintesson head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, um, Books of Blood, Hulu's Books of Blood. Spooky. That's a hey. show or a movie? Looks like a movie. Yeah. It's a movie. Oh, it's a, it's a movie. There you go. It says okay. Hulu film at the end. Right. There you go. Um, hey guys, did you know that every death has a story? You asked me a little while ago, uh, was that the girl from Tomorrowland in it? We were watching this is the girl from said, Tomorrowland. No, this is the girl from Tomorrowland. Because I was going to ask you during the trailer, but I'm like, I'm probably wrong. So, no. <laughs> no, this is the girl from Tomorrowland. Okay. This is Britt Robertson. Yeah, uh, I think this looks this looks neat. Um, mm. I think the, I think some of it looked a little generic, but then everything else was super cool. So I'm like, I hope, I hope, I hope it's good. I think it looks <laughs> it's Clive Barker. And it's Clive Barker. Yeah, the, the skin the, writing the, is the visual. Cool. The visual concepts have me intrigued. Uh, yeah, like not to shit on something else we're going to talk about, but like this grabbed me more than Hellstrom did yeah. with its trailer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're exploring similar territory, not the exact same, but similar. Yeah. Uh, and and I was just more more engaged in all the ideas on display here. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're. It also seems like they're exploring more, and that Hellstrom trailer was kind of like. Like, that's what the first couple episodes are about. Yeah, which doesn't make sense because that's a show and this was a movie. Yeah. yeah. The reason why I asked is because it looks like this movie is trying to tell three different storylines at once. It looks like an anthology like Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark or... Um, yeah. I think it's going to be, I think it is going to focus on, on some different characters, but I do think there's a more direct through Entwined. line than just a... Uh, than your, your typical like, anthology. Something like, like, here's this part, then this part, then this part, and that's the movie. Yeah, I think it's all going to kind of be very closely related to each yeah. other. Because while I was watching the trailer, the part or the I guess the the thread line that I was more interested in was the woman who was confronting the medium, saying like, "Hey, I just lost my son," and mediums like this dude like to prey on people, and then they t- close the lights off, and blood is written everywhere on the wall. I'm like, oh, mm. he he ain't effing around. He knows his shit. Yeah. He ain't normal. Um. Okay. This so looks like that- Barker's Odd Thomas. Is what it looks like to me. Hmm. Odd, odd Thomas. Don't know that no. one, Ben. That's... No. It's Dean Koontz. I understand. It's not. It's not Kane, though. Uh, not the, a... haunt, the haunting of Bly Manor had a new trailer. This Whoa! Week. Whoa! That first season's so good, and this is another one of those. Yeah. Um, it's got Raul <laughs> Cooley in it, who is like a really cool internet guy. Um, he was on iZombie. Is iZombie? iZombie. Um. Yeah. He's like a big fan cast for uh, Reed Richards. And I'm like, oh my God, give me an Indian Reed Richards. That'd be so dope. Um, I just like him a lot. And him being in a big production is super cool. I really like that. Um, it looks like another dope-ass, scary, spooky show. Like all of yeah. his actors are back. It's like, it's an American horror story situation. They're flip-flopping roles. Um, I'm into it, man. Right. And Halloween time's approaching. Hell yeah. Yeah. I have no reason not to be excited for Bly Manor. I hope just hidden ghosts. I'm sure give me those hidden ghosts. Hit- I'm sure there's going to be hidden something. Mm-hmm. Hidden zombies this time. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Lupin the Third, the first, had an American trailer, so it was dubbed. Yes. So there's uh, not a lot to say about this, and I don't know that it's entirely fair to judge this trailer on something, but I hadn't thought about it till I watched this, and I realized that I might not actually be able to watch this in the dub form, mm-hmm. which is weird because everything else Lupin the Third I've seen in dub, so I'm very used to those voices. Because the animation like them a lot. style. Like but the... it's because the animation is so focused on making their lips like look yes. like they're actually speaking the proper words. Instead that of just when they're dubbed, animation. It's going to look like that, like, like, you know, when we dub Japanese movies and everything. And I'm just beyond that at this point. I usually go to subtitles when it comes to that. Yeah. Uh, 
So I don't know if I'll be able to deal with that. I, I, you know, it's not, it's not something that I, that I even registered until you said, because I was watching the trailer and like, it looks amazing. But yeah. The voices were kind of off. It's because they're, the, and I know so it's detail. nobody's fault no. uh, because that cast is the cast and they're killer on all the other anime, yeah. but those other anime don't like create the lips to make certain movements, but this movie does. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I have to watch this one in Japanese. Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, real quick, I forgot to mention, I talked about this one uh, uh, previously when I was mentioning Blasphemous, but that is a, sp a Spanish-made game, and the developers, they want you to play, um, like, they want you to play, like, with the original Spanish language with English subtitles, because there are certain translation things that don't sound good when you directly turn them into English phrases, right? So I started the game in English, and it's like, oh, the evils of God, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Then I switched it to the Spanish, and immediately, it is so much darker and scarier because the tone and the inflections of their voice, it just adds a type of horror that is not in the English translation. Um, so I'm so thankful uh, for that Spanish translation. Uh, I'm probably going to watch that loop in the same way yeah. uh, with the original original cast. Yeah, it'd be like me with Dragon Ball. It's tough for me to watch any sub subtitled Dragon Ball. I totally, I, I totally understand that. But like, if they made a Dragon Ball thing where it was like this, but the lips were made to match the Japanese voice actors, yeah. I'd have a really hard time. I think trying to watch their voices match lips that just are never going to work that way. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's just not like watching normal dubbed anime. Yeah. It's just not there. There's too much detail in the way they speak. Um, so we're going to have to see, I'll probably give it a shot because I really like the loop on the third English voice cast. So I'll probably give it a shot, but I highly suspect I won't be able to take it. That movie yeah. is so gorgeous. I'm sure I'll watch it twice anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm just glad that we're getting an English dubbed version. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they, they were always, we always would have because Lupin the Third, as its English dub, is very popular. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, it was always going to be these guys. It was always going to happen. Um, it's just one of those things where I think the animation might have outclassed them on this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They just might not be able to, li like, for some people, it might be fine. I just, I have a suspicion I'm not going to be able to deal with it. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, Hellstrom. Hulu's Hellstrom. Not Marvel's yeah. Hellstrom. Hulu's Hellstrom. Yeah. This and, makes me think a lot of the early trailers when Constantine got his show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like, I think, like with that first trailer, I think people, I don't think this looks like the best thing in the world, but I think this is a good trailer. But I think people want to shit on this just because of what it is. Because it is an original Marvel thing that's not tied to the universe and it's super dark. And I've seen so many people shitting like, who cares about Hellstrom? Like, you guys didn't care about Iron Man before that movie. So you can't, you can't say that. Like, I hate that argument about things. Um, I think this trailer is a is a a really good tone piece, and it's it looks at least different than anything else I've seen Marvel put out recently, and that makes me excited. Even though it's not it's it's a Hulu thing, it's still a Marvel property. Well, it's um, weird to me. It's weird to me that that Marvel's name isn't anywhere attached to this. Yeah, um, because it's I not once in the trailer. Yeah, I, I I think they want to distance themselves. Yeah, to change expectations. Yeah, because they're yeah all the Hulu stuff like they're not associated with us. They don't anymore. want to lose the audience members who would tune out because it is Marvel. Yes, and they don't want to lose the audience members who will criticize it because it's not Marvel enough. Yes, um, for yeah, for, for for real, like this doesn't look like a Marvel show at all. It looks just like a spooky demon show, right. uh, but it's about the son of Satan. Um, it, it like like Constantine's part of the again. I think that's a really good comparison because Constantine's part of that CW Arrowverse now. Yeah. But when he was doing his show, it didn't look like any of those things. It no. wouldn't it wouldn't have looked like it belonged in the same production or 
room at all. And yeah. I mean, part of that's the studio it was made on, but part of that is just like the tone they went for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about this. Like I'm not expecting the world or anything, but like, uh, I, I don't have a, I don't have a super gross Hannibal like show. Uh, I mean, I guess Lovecraft country can kind of count, but like, um, like I, it, it, I like when Marvel takes chances and it's just, it's cool that this got to exist. Yeah. Um, I really, I think uh, Hellstrom is a character I'm not super familiar with, but like the fact that he's getting a tattoo on his chest, that was for some people on the internet, the biggest thing on the planet. Like he doesn't have his tattoo on his chest. I, this is this is a bastardization of the character. I'm like, have you even seen it yet? Come on, come on. Uh, so there you go. He has a stupid tattoo on his chest now. You happy? I um, feel like there is a thing when like the character is more obscure. Yeah. You're more protective you of it. it being done correctly. Yes. And I, that's uh, fair. Um, but if you've seen what that character looks like, which I think, <laughs> I, I think more than anything, what it comes from is it's like a fear that you, if you don't understand the character and you're putting them out there for this project, people aren't going to get attracted to it. So we're not going to get more material with that. character. Absolutely. So they're like, you know, this is a similar thing that I, I know I've had discussions with our friend Matt about ghost rider. Yes. 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 Uh, yeah. So like, I kind of get it. I, I respect that, that, that you're a passionate fan. You want it to look right. Yeah. Um, but if you look at those like 1970s comics, like that is a extremely yeah, man, hell yeah, been waiting for this. That is a very bright for Lupin. character. Uh, what 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 Ben? I think he Mag wrote that for a Lupin the Third. Oh, okay, I'm I'm excited for everything we're talking about today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think like it's nice that um we're not just getting like no offense to like Agents of Shield or like the CW shows, but we're not I'm, we're not just getting another one of those. You know what I mean? Like, at least they're, they seem to be doing something here. This looks Even better than Inhumans. Oh, 100%. Like, I'm going to definitely watch the show. That. I try to forget. <laughs> I still watch only one episode, and I'm still mad about what they did to those characters. Um, I got through three. It doesn't go better. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I think four. It does get better. It gets a lot better, guys. Like, it's a great. No. I was going to say, can't. I can't. can't do it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Secretly, the, 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 the Inhumans defender. Um, yeah, I just think. I <laughs> Which think was me. Yeah. Uh, I just think Hellstrom looks better than than it probably should. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we go too far, I just realized some news tidbits that I, I should have brought up to you earlier. Uh, I'm really the only person that cares, but I did want to touch on it. Um, Netflix has acquired the rights to the Cain Chronicles, which is the Egyptian mythology-based series written by Rick Riordan, who did Percy Jackson. Yes. Uh, this is interesting considering that Disney Plus is doing Percy Jackson. Disney owns the book, so Disney would have had the option on this. Yeah, weird. But they decided to let it go to Netflix for some reason. Um, part of me wonders if that if this is because they want Netflix to make them as movies rather than uh, a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kane Chronicles is just three books, unlike the other series, which tend to run for five or six or seven, um, depending. Mm-hmm. Uh the other thing about it is uh, Rick Riordan talked about it recently on a blog post this week, and he said that um, he, he promoted it with an image that was showing the Kings and Percy Jackson characters side by side in a drawn animation format uh, that they had done by the guy who does the graphic novels. And he said, I just want to address that this is not saying that the projects are going to be animation. The Netflix stuff is go- with Kane is going to be live action. The uh, Disney plus Percy Jackson show is going to be live action. However, we have discussed future animation projects related to all of these properties collabs so uh anyway if you care about the riot and stuff that stuff's happening that's cool i have a very hard time picturing netflix doing the king chronicles right i would argue easily egyptian mythology is much more complex to visually recreate than greek i've seen gods of egypt i know uh (laughs) and so it's very hard for me to imagine netflix doing it justice but we'll see Yes. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that is dope. 
All right. Sparks, you and I were surprised this week by by a trailer. The Crudes, A New Age. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ryan watched it as well. Um, I mean, this guy too, I hope. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, ben, ha- real quick, Ben, have you seen The Crudes? Yes, yeah, you saw it. Yeah, I saw it with these guys. These okay. guys. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, you say what you want to say. So, um, as someone who has not seen The Crudes, I know that first movie is good from all of you guys' opinions. Uh, I thought this trailer was not very good. So, uh, I'm, and I know that first trailer was also not very good that I saw for the Crudes, and that movie ended up being good. But this was a three and a half minute trailer that had a lot of jokes in it, and he also wasn't laughing, and I wasn't laughing. So, I don't really want to see this. I will say, like, it's a weird position to take. Like, there are things in the Crudes that definitely made me laugh, but what made me like the Crudes wasn't that it was funny. Yeah. It's that the emotion in the story was actually really, really competent yes. and good. Uh, okay. which is what I'm, I, I told Ryan this too. It's what I'm hoping for out of this one, but I will say like, I still think this isn't a very good trailer. I think if I wasn't already invested in the characters, I think this was a bad trailer, but yeah. I'm invested. So I'm, I'm kind of like just happy to see them, uh, yeah. kind of thing. But I, I'm, I am nervous. I do feel like a lot of what we're seeing in this trailer, uh, of the plot is, the same story about the them reacting to the presence of guy and what he means for the future of mankind, but taken up to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I don't really need that part of the story again. I'm hoping that much like the first movie isn't actually about that, but it's about the relationship between the dad and the daughter. This movie is actually more about the relationship that's happening between, uh, Emma Stone's character and Kelly Marie Tran's character. Yes. I'm hoping that's what the core of the movie is actually about because that sounds like that's going to be something that's actually emotional and usually what they will develop. This is what happened with the first Crudes. The trailer didn't show any of the dad and daughter stuff, didn't show how that was the heart of the movie. None of us thought it looked good. And then the movie was actually pretty good. And I'm hoping that's the case with the Crudes too. Yeah, I do too. I, I think I totally agree with the fact that like, because I'm interested in a sequel to the Crudes and I've wanted one for a while, I'm looking at this like going like, hey, I'm happy to see my characters back see these these characters back yeah if i didn't know that i probably wouldn't care right and visually the animation looks great um and like it's a solid voice cast so i hope that they're able to re to find some of that same heart and emotional appeal that they nailed in the first one the other thing is what jokes do work in the crudes are long form comedy Mm. they're funnier because of how long the gag goes on or because of the repetition of it. Okay. Uh, and it's hard to do that comedy in trailers. Yeah. So if it still has that kind of comedy, I can understand why the jokes that had to be chosen for this trailer aren't those jokes. Uh, do we know if it's like we'll the see. same creative team and everything? That I haven't looked into. Do you I know? Into it. I forgot to look into it. I was going to do it uh, like yesterday. Well, we'll have to look into it after. Um, I'll, I'll look into it. But yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm, no, I'm excited to see the, the Crudes back. Hopefully ben, it's just as good as the first one. Ben Fox, Crudes 2? It looked okay. It looked fine. I mean, like we said, the first trailer for the Crudes didn't sell us. Then we saw the movie and it turned out to be really good. So, I mean, I have a feeling that they're going to pull another fast one on us. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping lightning will strike twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to support a Nick Cage movie. Um, well, I did really right. like the joke of never apologize for a effective kill circle. I really liked that I did part. too. I like that. Um, and then the, the final trailer we talked about took us completely by surprise. Nobody knew it was coming. WandaVision. Oh, yeah. the first trailer yeah. this week hold up hold up i'm sorry did you guys know that the story for the crudes is credited to kirk D'Amico, chris sanders who are the co-directors of it but also to john cleese 
What? Weird. Yes. Weird. Sean Cleese, what are you doing with cavemen's? Uh, right. Anyway, I uh, show me the sequel. Show me show the money. Me the sequel. I can tell you right now, it's not the same directors. Okay. I don't know past that, but it's not the same directors. Weird. Then it's coming out so much later, and it's not the same people. Then it's, it's weird. Yeah. Um, well, because DreamWorks canceled it when they were bought by by Universal. Yeah. And then they brought it back. But with there. other people. Um. Yeah. So the Wandavision trailer dropped yeah. this week, surprising everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do we think about this one? Looks good. Yeah. Give me it. I want to know. You got, um, you got the going through all the different time periods of like American television, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, 80s. I love the look and the black. I love how the trailer starts. I love everything in the trailer. Uh, it looks completely divorced by from anything we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited for the show. It, yes. I love seeing Paul Bettany in like full vision makeup. And then yeah. when he touches that one girl and, she, and she's like, are you where are you dead? He's like, no. He's like, or he's like, where am no, I? No, no, yeah. yeah. He's like, no, you're not dead. He's like, oh, but you are. He's like, what? oh, you mean Catherine Hahn, the secret probably MVP of this show because she's one of the funniest people on the planet. Probably. Also, her name is Agatha, who is a very classic Scarlet Witch villain. Spoilers, she's the bad guy. Oh, she's wearing classic costume colors. It's all blue and black. We even, we even see a uh, uh, vision in his classic costume too. It looks like a Halloween episode or something. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Do you Probably like, the same episode that we see that we see Scarlet Witch. Yeah. So hers. like, this show looks like maybe besides like Guardians of the Galaxy and like Thor Ragnarok, like this is like the like you said, Brandon. Like this is some this is a departure. This is something like yo man, we're gonna do something different. We're not just gonna homogenize another MCU thing out. We're gonna we're and, gonna make it and something that they had to do on television. Yes. Uh. Yeah. To represent you know television yeah. in itself and mm-hmm. like we see the, we see the kids. Like that's just like even if they don't do anything with those kids in this season, just they, having them, they yeah. now exist in the world. Right. That is for me. That is that is that is a, a future. That is just I, a future. I love I love the bouncing around of the different like time periods of television. Yeah. Uh, the, the I love that she kind of makes it happen when she does magic. Like it, I love I love that. the image of Vision when he has his like know, makeover face and he oh. shakes it with the little sparkles yeah. and turns into Paul Bettany. Yeah, uh, classic like fifties. Like, yeah, I love yeah. Really good. Um, we so, see uh, photon. Yeah, we do for a moment. So okay, so I think I have an. I think I now have an idea of what how the show is going to work. One second. Yeah, Ben, do you yeah. know who photon is? I know I've heard it before, but I can't think of, a, of that person on okay, the top of my head. She's uh, Monica Rambeau, so the little girl from Captain Marvel, grown up. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, I think I have an idea of what the, sh- the sh- how the show is structured because we very quickly see it. We see uh, Monica Rambeau land, and we see a bunch of lights, and it reminded me of Annihilation and how they set up a barrier like around the Annihilation thing. So what I think happened was, I think we got a House of M shit situation going on where Scarlet Witch is just going crazy. She is she has created this this bubble of reality that is constantly messing and getting rewritten, and things are going crazy. And the people outside either it's Shield or it's or it's somebody else. They don't know what to do, so they bring in Darcy, who we know is already coming in. They bring in Jimmy Woo. We know Jimmy Woo's coming back. Um, it's just like it's like this complicated of so many different things because they don't know how to handle it. They're bringing in science people, magic people, superheroes because Wanda is doing something that the MCU has not experienced yet. But like besides the snap, but this is like reality altering like on a daily basis. Uh, and that just seems fascinating to me. Like it's going to be like a science experiment almost. Like how do we handle this? This crazy, this crazy lady who's just bending reality at her whim. 
Um, I think it's going to be crazy cool. Um, yeah, me too. Very excited. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is interesting because, Brandon, what you were saying before, like uh, the possibility that Falcon and Winter Soldier were postponed because of connections to Black Widow. We know there is a connection between this and Doctor Strange, but yeah. we're still not going to get Doctor Strange for over a year yeah. after we see this show. And I'm like, that's so weird it's mm-hmm. so weird how long we're gonna have to wait for the follow-up to this information and that's hoping that like dr strange actually comes out march yeah. 2022 yeah. Yeah. yeah uh yeah so the beginning of the mcu will probably be sometime coming soon this year though i mean november yeah I probably suspect. probably november. but when's when's mando october. october okay so yeah definitely not october so definitely probably november november or december yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, so, it's so soon <laughs> Um, okay, that's it. Uh, topic time. Topic time. Swords, swords, swords. Swords, swords, swords. All right, we're going to talk about the next part of our Dawn of X kind of primer for you guys. Yeah. Um, Talking about the next five comics, uh, which is why it's called More Swords. Dawn of X Part 2, More Swords. More Swords. um, Real quick, uh, absolutely none of the same directing or writing team from the Croods is coming back for the Croods 2. Interesting. Ooh, that's exciting. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of a bummer. That's it, that's also interesting that, again, like the like the the company got bought and then but they brought it back but not with the ah yeah, yeah. what it's worth X Men. Hey guys. X-Men. So um so we have uh three big books and two small books to talk about. So do you guys want to do like a big book then a small book then a big then a small then a big or how do you want to structure it? That sounds good to me. Cool. Let's do it. I think we save Excalibur for last because that is absolutely the most important one. I think. Apparently, yeah. that became the most important. It's issue one. It was the most important because I just reread okay. all of it again. Okay, so when I read uh, X Men Creation or uh, X uh, X of Swords Creation, and we got to the Excalibur shit, and I'm like, oh, thank God I've been picking up Excalibur since the beginning because <laughs> holy shit. Listen, we will talk about. My queen, Opal Luna Saturnine, the Omnimatrial, the Omni- Omniversal Matrix Lady. We'll talk Not about her. Later. Yeah, we'll get to her later. But let's. Uh, why don't we start with a little X Force? Why don't X go and give it to you? How about some X of that? Gonna give it to you. Let me find those pages. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So this beauty, this beauty. Well, this is my trade of issues one through six because I had I started picking up X Force long after it started coming out. So. Hey, you're here now. That's all that matters. But I'm here now. I'm I'm here. I'm, it's all collected. It's all he's there. Like, he's all showing off his trade. I can just go over the shunk. Just all the <laughs> yeah. X-Men. Go ahead. Just a, whole, yeah, a whole bucket. Well, you guys remember when this whole X thing first started, I was like, oh, I'm going to pick a few. And then as it kept going on, you're like, dude, you got to pick up all. I was like, I can't. My wallet won't let me. It's X of Swords. It's really X of Swords that did it to you. Yeah. yeah. X so X Force, the first issue of X Force, Xavier dies. That's yeah, and that was uh, very surprising for people reading comic books. Uh, I was very surprised, but then I realized, oh wait, he's just going to come back later. Right? Oh, maybe that was his plan. Well, even yeah. in um, <laughs> even in, if I remember correctly, even in uh, Hawkspox, they had protocols in case Xavier died. Yeah, there's there's um like redundancies and like cradles. <laughs> like of like five different cradles in case because xavier is the dude who houses all the souls in his brain and in yeah. he's a walking memorial well, well if i remember correctly uh there were no protocols of whether or not if, if xavier died it was if the first cerebro helmet was lost could we have a, could we have a, we have things like that it was an yeah. x-force 2 where they're just like if xavier is lost then gene has to do it and we're not sure gene can do it yeah 
right because she she has the power to it but like xavier's been doing it his whole life like that's yeah. that's not something you just put on um but yo man um this first arc's about domino and that because po- she gets sliced up for those killers to get in oh yeah. boy yeah, oh, yeah. the uh, the peacock the man with the peacock tattoo which i love as a villain mr yeah. peacock yeah mr. yeah peacock. mr peacock he's pretty sweet nbc's biggest villain all right there's this one page i wanted to get that I thought of where the you guys keep talking i'll find it okay, so in that first issue yeah uh magneto and gene make a little swordy sword that's the second one. issue i just found oh, it that's the page yeah. i'm gonna look oh yeah yeah and i even oh i took the so many sword, the sword of cerebro even yeah, in yeah. the second issue we got our first sword um I'm it was around this time that ten of swords was announced also like this was yeah. because ten of swords was supposed to happen earlier earlier yeah. um but right. so we'll look at the cerebro sword just kind of like they did it. It's happening. Yeah. Um, there's secretly like a sword in every book every every now and then, um, which is which is fun. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, um, so Xavier gets assassinated by real quick, I, I don't I, I can't call it a problem, but something I have noticed after reading all the books, uh, there are four different or excuse me, there are three different South American cartels as villains. Yeah. And in you know, when when you're reading one book and you notice it, but then you're like, oh wow, this all of South America is all bad guys, I guess. I'm like, ah, ah. You guys are pretty good about diversity. Maybe, maybe look they at did. That one. Uh, Costa Perdita is tied in two, in two of the titles. Like it's the same, same game oh, being tied across these two. two right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but but you're right. Like yeah. then there is also there's also like two different Russian factions at the same time. Yes. And like the Flower yeah. Cartel and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, there's there's this there's this like organization that wants that that wants to be better than mutants, but they don't want to be mutants. So they'll do mm-hmm. every everything that they can to be better, which includes. So many things we could talk about, like uh, like Russian implants or some Lovecraft country, some stuff. Lovecraft country shit. Yeah, um, like uh, aliens. Like, because I want to say later on in X Force. Yeah, it is later on X Force. I want to say like issue ten or eleven. It's ten. Yeah, have, yeah. yeah at issue ten, you have like these little assassin babies, like chest bursting doll monsters. Yeah, yeah, they're, like, yeah, they're nesting dolls. Yeah. Um. But like, it's uh, the the point of the X Force books is to is to show the the weakness and the defense that that Krakoa and mutants need, and um, how you kind of always need. You know, you have the X Men who are like the shining examples of hero herodom, but then you have to kind of have your CIA like blacklist because they became a nation because they became a nation. Like they got to do some shady shit to get by. And guys, like Beast. Beast has always so you guys have read the comics, but Beast has always been morally corrupt in the comics, which has always been fascinating because he is a guy who's like, I love mutants, and you know I'm not a bad person, but I will do whatever I need to do scientifically to make mutants best, right? Okay, and this so knowing that, no, knowing that actually kind of changes my whole perception of Beast because my perception of Beast came from the cartoon and from the films. Yes, and ever even the cartoon, I always had a fondness for Beast. He may not have been my favorite. But every time Beast showed up, I'm like, hell yeah, Beast. Seeing Beast do this, I, I know where I'm jumping ahead, but I really no, want we're to talk about the whole thing. You're fine. All right. But I really want to talk about it. The Traitor's Parade of Colossus. Yeah. Oh, you mean Beast's version of mutant McCarthyism? Dude, yeah. Beast for real in this book is he is he is a supervillain. And like, especially the last issue. He has that line where he's like, it will inspire their neighbors to say things about their, their uh, fellow mutants. I'm going to find, I'm going to find a panel that I took a picture of. That's just so gross. I love it. Speaking um, of Colossus though, uh, I think he's been really great in this title. He, yeah. we don't see he and, Domino, he and Domino choose to kill themselves so that they could be reborn. 
uh, they have a discussion about have a discussion it, about it, where yeah. he's trying to tell Domino, uh, why don't you kill yourself so you're reborn without the damage that they did to you? And she's like, I don't want to forget it. And then they go on a mission, and she ends up getting mortally wounded. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. says, don't let, don't you let them resurrect me without me remembering. I'm not going to die. I want to remember unless the pain. You promise me. Cut to beginning of next issue. So I, uh, so all that stuff, and she's like, yeah, I don't remember. I guess I didn't want to experience that pain. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> Like it's X Force and X Men specifically that die in, tie into the like the moral the moral ambiguity of what they're really doing mm-hmm. uh, that I that I just find so fascinating because like you do want the X Men to to have this thriving nation but you also realize like oh they're just they're also shady and Beast yeah. I got this my favorite but they also decide like oh a person is more useful if they're not carrying that trauma around yes um which hey man it's a society um b says i like to think of x-force as a dark orchestra and i am the conductor um and that shit is so and he just goes into every detail about like oh it's like a precision uh, slice of the violin and it's like beast you're a psychopath oh, and then yeah. and he's like um he's like oh um aren't you always right dr mccoy always this and- all this also <laughs> ties in really well to like the very first issue of x-force where beast is exploring parts of the island mm-hmm. and he suspects that there wouldn't be any dangers there yeah and he gets nearly attacked by an animal that and wolverine kills yeah, yeah and he says you can never let your guard down beast you can never yeah. like all that stuff and beast just takes that advice and runs with it <laughs> yeah yeah he, Logan, you're right. I was trying to flip through to get to the panel I want to talk about, but then I got to this one where uh, Logan is split in half and he's stabbing a dude. Oh, yeah. I love it. Just Bile the, is the scariest yeah. he's ever yeah. had. Oh, I love it. So and then the artist... George comes along and slams his two halves back yeah. together. Uh, that's yeah. a great comic book. Uh, Kid Omega gets killed, I think, four different times oh, yeah. throughout this Queen title. dies Omega a lot. gets killed so many times throughout all of X-Force. It's... He also started dating... Uh, which one? Yeah. One. Yeah. One. Celeste, who's yes. saying, no. uh, "I'm keeping you a secret because I don't want to share you." Uh, oh man, I wrote it down somewhere. Um, oh, because I want to share you, but also, don't they? Is it in Cable or is it in Wolverine where they're trying to trying to um, get information from? It's Quinn? Wolverine. It's in it's Wolverine. Wolverine. Okay. And then so, they want him to set them up with Cable. Yeah, there's a lot of love romance going on between Cable yeah, yeah. and the Cuckoos that I. But but at created. this moment, it seems like Cable is like well aware that he's kind of in a thing with all of them. Yeah. But the Celeste and Quinn thing is kind of secret. implied to be secret. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, teenagers be shady, y'all. <clears throat> um, let's see. Domino gets super messed up. She gets lots of her skin like ripped off. Yeah. Uh, so these people can use her luck ability. Also, there's a whole bunch of like Domino clone yes. people who are just. That is such a cool idea. Like having luck as your power is is she, uh, crazy. She gets part of her ravaged skin restored first by uh, Kid Omega's power, and yes. then later by Kirko and Weapon yeah. from Forge. Yeah, uh, Forge, yeah. whose mutant ability is just I'm dope at technology, uh, makes her like a Kirkoan weapon. He also makes himself a Kirkoan a uh, mech suit, which yeah. is just awesome. Uh, she has to go kill uh, an assassin who has her luck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All these. All these. Oh, that was such a good arc. Uh, yeah, uh, that two issues. I think that's, issue. issue. I think that's um, issue seven. Yeah, pretty sure it's uh, issue across two issues. All, yeah. all these people keep getting killed in insane ways. Like nobody can make this shot. It must be luck. And then you yeah, see yeah. like an opposite domino, and I'm like, oh, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, man, those villains are awful. Like they, they, they're just like they're cloning people. They're they're uh, breeding people, creating bodies. Like they find a bunch of skin people who are just muscle. Um, this book is gnarly. Yeah. It's like it's the exact type of gnarly. There's a like, whole bunch of uh, body horror with plant life in Terra Verde when yeah. you her beast experiments. Oh stuff. my god! And you realize that Beast is the person who created this villain group. Yeah, Beast is the reason that this is happening. 
And he's just like, oh, I got to find Lion. But it's like, I may have miscalculated this one. That's his reasoning for all of X-Force's faults. I may have miscalculated this is uh, where, in one of the data pages. This is also the title where we get to explore Black Tom more. Black Tom is so goofy. He loves to eat dirt. He likes cocoa. Uh, what a goofy uh, Scottish he, villain. He creates a small version of, of him in one of the issues. It's, it's on It's on somebody's shoulder. Yeah. Uh, what, was the, like, what, what was the one where... Um, oh, I, I had it. I lost it. It's whatever. Go on. Uh, but like Black Tom likes to like he has he has command over over um, over uh, plants and stuff like so he hangs out with Kokoa and stuff but he can't talk to it like Cipher can but like he turns like Kokoa into like faces of himself and he talks as like a giant yes, head yes. and I'm just like this dude's messed up he's so wacky um, yeah dude X Force is like it's definitely like the the, the dark book like quote unquote dark book um, but it also has really sweet moments between Jean and Logan mm-hmm. um, yeah, because Jean, when they're in the hot, the hot tub is, uh, Beast Terra Verde stuff she decides she has to quit yes she yeah uh, she can't do it uh there's one great image th- that i reposted on twitter it's it's beast and he has like stolen black eyes and his glasses are reflecting jeans yes, eyes yes and i'm like dude joshua Casara, who's the artist on this is insane and also and that's right like right after he says man what a mess i made she's like wow we agree on that beast yeah yeah, yeah. Like, oh, um shit. Even, want- when, even when gene shows up to terra verde and she's like beast don't patronize me and she's just kicking ass yeah um beast I love people, especially online, are going like, oh my god, has Beast always been this way? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. In Battle of the Atom, uh, he took the X-Men from the past to potentially ruin our future just so he can teach Cyclops a lesson. He's like, hey, past Cyclops, uh, the future version of you is bad. Go talk to him. Don't worry about the future. Uh, Beast head does not... He's he's smart. He's not that smart. Uh, I think he's great. You should read X-Force if you want some bad Beast. Uh, we uh, should probably Wolverine next, right? Well, hold on. I, just, uh, I wanted to talk about. Um, Got some notes. Yeah, the uh, whole uh, issue, right? Is it? No, it's an X Men. Never mind. It's an X Men. Oh, the X Force issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I oh, really like. I really like the Mikhail idea. Rasputin. There's an yes, Mikhail. Mikhail uh, takes mm-hmm. Omega's body. They're gonna start uh, using him. Because uh, oh, he's he take, a, they take the Cerebro sword. That's what I was yeah. going to say. With Zeno, and he gets the Cerebro sword too. And Mikhail, and they who, want he wants them to extract all the data out of the sword. Yeah, and Mikhail is a mutant, but uh, and Zeno, who is this evil organization with Mister Peacock Man, hates mutants. But Mikhail, who's a bad guy, is like, listen, if you want to beat mutants, you're going to have to work with mutants. Yeah, and that's the that's the most important thing where we left mm-hmm. off at. And also, Colossus uh, wanted to step really far away and just be a farmer, but he keeps getting dragged back into stuff. Man. And right now, he's been physically dragged in. He's going to be questioned by Gene. Yeah, uh, with uh, Omega Red. With Omega Red, because uh, they're they're creating a whole again. Beast is creating a whole idea that anyone associated with Russia is. Trouble is bad, yeah. It's, um, it's very McCarthy. We have scenes of, of Beast like uh, interrogating and like torturing people, and like even Jean's getting in on it, but like she doesn't like it. I'm just like, man, this is like, I'm so I love that. Uh, again, I talk about being cowards, like, I'm glad that like Marvel's like, no, nah, make Beast the, make Beast the way he really is. Like, when he really is like, yo, I'm all about him, I'm all about muting them, just in the shadiest ways possible. Uh, yeah. I love it, it's gross. Uh, Wolverine next, sneak. Hey, guys, let's talk about a pale girl. Don't they the pale girl? Yeah, pale girl. This book has had a uh, uh, some interesting artists. Yeah, one of the artists is a super douchebag, and it's unfortunate. Uh, Which one? Uh, Do- uh, Victor Von Donovic, the the Greg Capullo looking guy. Okay. He's the Dracula man. 
Um, yeah. Oh, I was about to say because his oh, style looks too much like Greg Capullo's. Wait, hold yeah. on, Ben. Ben, you, you talked over Ryan. Ryan, what'd you say? Uh, uh, his art rules, but he's he's a piece of shit, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, he's doing the the stuff that I like doing more. Like I like the. Oh, I was like... this the guy who I saw going around on X Twitter this week uh, for shitting on X of Swords? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but he is working as he's fucking working as on he is working on the book. Jesus. Yes, he's yeah, he's he's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. uh, Adam Hubert's great though. He's working on that other book on the other uh, issues. Oh, hold up. So the guy who's drawing Wolverine was on Twitter shitting on X of Swords, even as yeah. he's drawing it as of right now. Complained. He, so first of all, he said he doesn't have enough time to read any of the books that he works on, but he also said that X of Swords didn't make any sense. And it was confusing, and it needed a recap page to make sense, which it did have, which it did have. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just he's he he. I wouldn't be surprised if after this arc, he's off the book. Let's say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but like uh, that being said, uh, he draws a real good Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the vampire stuff in the second arc has been really fun. Uh, it's actually spinning off of what happened in Avengers. Yeah. Because uh, they gave Dracula a home in Chernobyl. Avengers, yep. and that's kind of where this is coming from. They think his blood, Wolverine's blood, can can sustain him longer. I yes, I wrote something. What was it? Um, uh, something about. Oh, I don't know. Um, oh, uh, well, Dracula says that Wolverine's blood. It's not just about him, like his healing factor. Like his his blood is aged in truth. Like like mm-hmm. like his blood like knows pain, and like his blood is better than other blood because he's lived for two hundred years or whatever. I'm like, that is actually a cool idea that yeah. your blood has like a legacy. Uh, yeah. and all- <clears throat> blood clocks. Oh yeah, the little blood clocks. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I but, think. Uh, go no, because when I started picking up Wolverine, I got the first issue. Like half of it was Wolverine dealing with uh, that one CAA guy, who I really yeah, like. Going, going after the pale girl. Yeah, going after pale girl, which I really dug. I thought that was yeah, a really yeah, cool. Sure. And the then, <clears throat> and then the rest of the half was the vampire stuff, and I like the um. The ending of the pale girl stuff but once we got into the vampire shit i'm like give me more of the vampire stuff i want to see wolverine fighting vampires i never thought wolverine kicking vampire ass was going to be the thing i wanted most in this book oh, ben i have a comic book for you called what if Va- what if wolverine was lord of the vampires from 1985 oh shit x-men and vampires go hand in hand like peanut butter and jelly baby jubilee was a vampire for like 10 years she was there's a whole much vampire stuff oh yeah um Let's see. And then she um, got better. Then, yeah, that found a cure or whatever. Uh, yeah. Bannister is a cool CIA man. CIA man. Uh, he's like the dude. He's helping Wolverine. Uh, doesn't Wolverine stab him because he gets yeah. mind controlled? That's unfortunate. There's Wolverine one, also kills there's all. One, yeah, there's one issue that leads directly into X Force with the red with the red suited people. Like they're, yeah, they're, they're wearing tree bark. Wasn't that a fake out? Oh, it was a fake out. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It was a mind thing for yeah, the pale he tricked, girl. He tricked the pale girl. You're right. Because right, he right. took Magneto's helmet. That's right. When oh. he drunk him under the table. Oh, that's a that's yeah. a, oh, that's such a good scene. Oh, I forgot about. Oh my god, that was so good. There's so many pictures, but after I realized, uh, I just have like 150 pictures not organized, so I'm not gonna be able to find anything I want to talk about. <laughs> but that's okay. I still have the notes. Um, yes, drunk Wolf Magneto is great. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Wolverine is like with the X Force gang, but he has a helmet on and it just looks so sick. Yeah. Um, Vampires are cool. He saved, the marau- he saved the Marauders. This is also yes. another example of uh, of us uh, seeing um, 
another faction of that Russian thing. This is the one where they have the power suits, which yes. is some of what we've seen from the Marauders stuff. Yeah, the power damage. Um, because we see the Pale Girl mess with the Marauders. She specifically messes with Bishop. This is during the time when Kate is dead. Yes. And he sees a zombie Kate drag him down into the depths. That's from what right. the Pale Girl haunts him with. That was spooky. And I was like, oh, right. Because I remember, like, she's back now and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but we're seeing, like, that other Russian faction and then Omega Reds, another Russian. There's a lot of Russian... Yes, actions. Uh, right, this is when Omega Red. This is the title that Omega Red comes to Krakoa on. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and they're uh, not happy to see each other. No, they're not. Uh, you know, Logan's uh, pissed that they're letting him be there at all, and he's the one who tips him off in issue one. He tips him off and says that he should go investigate, and he ends up stumbling into those vampires with the other girl. Yes. Um, Wolverine meets a team of cool teen vampires who only eat animals. And I'm like, oh, we're cannot... busting him out. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to see more of them. Uh, they seem they bad. listen to heavy metal to drone out the voice of Dracula. Yes, oh, it's so sick. I love it. Um, and yeah, I just wrote uh, vampire war setup, baby, because that <laughs> final, the final issue is just like uh, Dracula is gonna come for Krakoa, but not yet. That's the next crossover. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not, we're not ready to take on all of Krakoa yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, uh, we're not touching on the best, one of the best issues, which is when Wolverine goes to a bar which is like his getaway place because he doesn't feel like you should trust that. Oh, all yeah. Krakoa's, you know, all this stuff. And he's talking about how you can, can't, can like, trust that everything's just going to be easy and just be safe. You need to stay connected and rooted to the rest of the world. Yeah. And at that bar are a whole bunch of people who are pissed off because they know who he is. Mm -hmm. uh, and they blame him for a lot of mutant atrocity stuff. That's right. So yeah, they, yeah. they plan to push him into the lake and freeze his ass. Forever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But vampires show up. Vampires intervene. Uh, and I Omega mean, Red. And Omega, and Omega Red, Red, and we have a sick like uh, like final uh, page of the issue. Because Omega Red is at least working for Dracula. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. like the, the final page is gorgeous. We're like Wolverine sinking in the in yes. the, the vampire approaching, and Omega um, Red's tendrils are going down. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah man. Uh, vampires are cool. Dracula's cool. Um, this is a very good Wolverine book. I mean, that yes. dude never he never not has a solo book. Basically, he's had, he's always had a solo book. Um, luckily, this one's real good. Yes, get that and, artist off of there. And uh, just where we're caught up right now, at the very end, there's an epilogue tease where Wolverine's oh. walking through snow ready to fight some vampire war. And all of a sudden, he gets bifrosted. Yeah. <laughs> it's not now. And it's like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say you're talking to Thor or either Thor or Odin. And they're like, Odin's dead, dude. Odin's dead. Well, Odin's dead. So it's Thor. Okay. And it's Fortnite. Yeah. So Thor, <laughs> Thor is like, don't it's, care, it's, dude. You gotta do this other thing. Fortnite. That was the that was the Fortnite that was the Fortnite crossover. Like the X Factor one had the had the uh, Glenn Pool one. That was the Fortnite crossover. Oh, that was the, oh, never, mm, I thought it was a sword thing. Never mind. Nope, that's a that's a Fortnite joke. Uh, um, so then yeah, we had I only had four issues out or five issues or whatever. So uh, not much to talk about. D definitely, if you like Dracula's, it's, he's there. It's cool. Uh, all right, so probably X Men. X Men. Let me find my page. Hey guys, <laughs> this one's gonna be fun to talk about because unlike um, all the other books, there aren't arcs in this in this uh, series. No. Everything is a one shot except for a brood two shot. Um, but that's okay. Um, let's see. Hey guys, I'm I'm so happy I have this X Men number still, one. Still still waiting to find out what happened to 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 X twenty three Wolverine. Yeah, there are every single one of these issues is like a setup for another event, basically. Mm -hmm. Like I like I. After rereading everything, it's it's hard to say what my favorite is, but but X Men just constantly gives me something new every issue, and that's that's just something I really appreciate, which is something he's done in 
basically every comic he's ever read. Yeah, I think the only thing I, I I want is that like it spotlights a lot of good stuff, and I'm like, yeah, but but I want to explore it, and then we're just moving on. And and the thing yeah. is, like all across all the other titles, we're still moving on and not addressing yes. those things. And I'm like, but the question, yeah, uh, <laughs> X Men is like the the bigger picture book, and like we'll get to that stuff eventually. Well, everything else is like here's the actual stories, yeah, yeah. which is kind of yeah. interesting. Um, it's, at the end of Box Box, uh, uh, Orcus is defeated. Uh, but only the uh, only the 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 thing around the sun. What is it called? The uh, the forge. Uh, yeah, the Orcus forge. Yeah, but the rest of the X Men they're they're going to go after the last Orcus uh, stronghold. They're going to put an end to them finally. It's Magneto and Polaris, and they're dope mm-hmm. as hell. Uh, and they fight apes with PhDs, and I love. Mm-hmm. It. I love yeah, that that's a before. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that when they're in, when it's Apocalypse, Magneto, and and Xavier. I want to talk about that a little later. Yeah. Um, um, uh, uh, issue one basically just sets up um, more of Orca stuff. They're not gone. Uh, we'll see some. It's more. all from like uh, Scott's perspective. It's yeah, Scott yeah. believing in the dream. Oh and yeah. Lars being like, "Yo, what? Like, believe do you entirely? really believe in He's that? like, "Oh yeah, every word." Yeah. Um, he lives on the moon. Yeah. He. Yeah. Scott. Is this the issue where there's like the sweet family dinner too and stuff? Yeah. 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 Summer's yeah. family dinner. Logan, Scott, and Gene have all the connecting rooms. Hell yeah. I never realized it, but the first issue of X-Men, the cover, is the entire, essentially, Summer's family with Logan chilling right here in the corner. Yeah, so the entire Summer's family. The entire Summer's family. family. Um, Real quick, I'll be right back. You guys keep talking. Yeah, you're good. Because they're all intermingling and banging. Oh, yeah. Um, The kids love Magneto. Mm -hmm. Magneto's the dopest. Um, uh, The second issue is the Arak Ma Island connecting with Krakoa. Yes, I forgot that this, this happened so early. This mm-hmm. is straight up. This is all X Sword stuff right here, guys. So uh, yeah. Scott and Cable and one other person, Rachel, Rachel. his his his, yeah. uh, his alternate I'll future go, daughter. I'll go out and investigate uh, the coming arrival of the island and the summoner. The Ara- the Iraq Point. Yeah. Yes. Um. Because Krakoa has sensed the island, and Krakoa is just <clears throat> moving towards this island. So they're gonna go investigate. And so Apocalypse comes and visits Summoner after the islands connect. Yep. Uh, and learns that Summoner is a child of war. And War and so his grandchild is his daughter. Uh-huh. Yeah, War is his daughter. And he promises to save all those of Krakoa and Arako. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Iraq portal is closed, but we will be learning about how that portal opens up in another book called This is This is also the title where where Krakoa merges with itself with, with another. Yeah, that's what we were just saying. Yeah, yeah. That's the second issue with Iraq. Uh, that confused me, by the way, when we got to Ten of Swords about Rocco. Yeah, actually, I completely forgot about the joining, but okay, well, so... because I thought I thought I thought Araka was the island that it was it, it it merged with in that issue, and then they're talking about like, oh, Araka was lost in this other dimension. Yes. So okay, so very very quickly, Araka is in other world. That is the Exosword's creation stuff. This is the Iraq mm-hmm. point. It is the it is the it is the 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 way to get into that other island. It is in another mm. dimension. I see. Yeah. But, it, but it also like physically was another island on its own that connected to Krakoa, yes. just to be clear. Yes. It's just yeah. not all of that island. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a little yeah, break, uh, break point. The third issue is horticulture. Oh. Old ladies who know a thing or two about plants and beat the shit out of Sebastian Shaw. Bro, yeah. oh my God. Th- th- this is the most divisive issue of X-Men because some people hate these Golden Girls villains and some people love them. I love them. I know like where they showed up. We're not going to talk about it, but yeah. the Empire uh, crossover where they reappear is oh. perfect use of them. And then they they team up with Beast to take them out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, uh, I feel like the horticulture makes sense because Krakoa's economy is essentially based off the Krakoa plants where they use to make their drugs. So of course, a bunch of crazy plant ladies are going to want to get their hands on that shit. Yeah, they are. Um, they are radical botanists and gardeners. 
um they they basically they're they're like extreme scientists but for plants and i love that uh, it's like yeah. poison ivy, right um i think i like them because they're different yeah i love that they're 80 year old villains they're it's, yeah. it's, it's this is 81 oh. years old no there's this great scene in um empire in the empire x-men crossover where uh the um where horticulture shows up and angel's trying to fight horticulture and then uh I forgot her name, but she throws a bunch of pheromones and he sees them all done. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was in the uh, Empire crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was. Uh, so issue four. Hold is... on real quick. Okay. Um, so we know about the Logan Scott gene trifecta, but in this issue specifically, there's a lot of um, implications that Scott, e Emma. that Scott and Emma are also in a relationship, which means they're probably all just banging because in another comic, Gene and Emma have a moment together, and I'm like, dude, everyone's just bang. That's great. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Free look cool, baby. Um, issue four well, is you're all that hot. Uh, yeah, right. Issue four is Magneto, Xavier, and Apocalypse in suits negotiating with other nations while Gorgon and uh, Scott clean up the U.S. soldiers in the building. Hell yeah, they go to the like, which is all them just establishing like their power and everything. Yeah, yeah. they um they go to like a like a like a basically a UN conference like a like a, a what is it the G three summit the G four summit something like that yeah yeah um yeah. in Switzerland or whatever but uh, yeah, the thing is, they go to some summit and then some other a few governments like send in their special forces to try and come and assassinate them all or assassinate the mutants yeah and then. I just love Charles Xavier in this in in these series because he's doing the best he can to be. He's doing he's doing his best of. Oh God, what what am I trying to say here? Okay, got it. Charles Xavier is doing it. Yeah, Charles Xavier, perfect. Uh, like no change, no rise of emotions. Like yes, I believe that will conclude today's meeting. By the way, still oh. you. By yeah. the way, all those assassins you sent after us, they're they're knocked out. They're not dead because we have a law code that says kill no man. Screw you all. Bow, oh, bitches. Yeah. I want to be, to be fair, real quickly. To, to be fair, in that issue, it's more Magneto doing that. Charles, yeah, to be, to be Charles fair. The whole approach is that they counter everything Magneto says with that mm -hmm. cheeky way because he says the stuff about their guys. And uh, they counter all that. And they're like, what did you expect us to do? Uh, did you really think like everything would be fine? All this stuff. And Charles is like, it took a month, guys. It took one month after we established a nation for you to kill me. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. I want to believe that you're not going to be that. He says, I write here, don't you think I love you? Don't you think yeah, I, yeah. that the, my dream of coexisting is still real? You make that an impossibility. No, no, but my favorite part of the issue is Magneto laying it out as so. We're going to make better versions of a better life, better drugs for a longer, healthier existence. And then we will take the money, the outrageous sums of money you will give us because it also means more wealth for you. And we will invest it. We will buy your banks. We will buy your schools. We will buy your media and we will buy your politicians. And then when we have bought all the rest, we will buy you because you have taught us that everything has a price and we're happy to pay it. Hell yeah. Then we, when we have the influence, we will use it. We will make sure that the wrong sort of people, and you know who, no longer have any economic power. We will not allow them inside our institutions because it's important they do not have anywhere to peddle their dangerous, outdated ideas. And that is how it will end, like a fire with no oxygen. Yes, of course, there will still be people who fear and hate us. They just simply won't be able to do anything about it any longer. And he lays that all flat out, and he's like, guys, I know we're new to the nation game, but we've <laughs> learned from you, and we're learning quickly. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a there's a thing where um one of the people's like oh you what if you raise like what if you raise your drug prices so high that we can't afford them and he's like well we learned that from you didn't we mm -hmm. I'm like shit Magneto what was uh, I really I really quickly want to say about all these books Moira hasn't been seen since Hawksbox no she hasn't yeah she hasn't that is 
Oh man, the long game. This this is the longest game ever. Say, um, wait, did we ever talk? It's later in X Men where we talk about where it's issue five where Mystique goes and they mention the Winter Harvest because yeah. she does that turnaround and Orcus again. Yeah, oh, they no, no, like, no, no, that. Okay, you're right. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah. one, one of the things I want to say, especially after what Sparks did that great Magneto speech. And yeah. if you were to go back in time to younger me when I was just started getting the X-Men and you were to tell me that one of my new favorite characters is going to be Magneto, I would have called you a damn liar. Well, I will say uh, in the comics, Magneto has always been dope. Yeah. 100%. Apocalypse has always been a cool villain, but now he's like, oh, but now I support you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've always well, wanted this. Yeah, Wakanda's there. Um, Wakanda does not take any of the drugs from from Krakoa because they don't need them. Wakanda's mm -hmm. super dope on its own, and Wakanda's like, "Yo, I." They're like the only people who get it. He's like, "I understand what you guys are doing. We kind of do the same thing." Like, I feel you. Yeah, uh, but I appreciate even, though, even though Wakanda doesn't take the drugs, they're like, "Yeah, we still know them. We're we cool." Yeah, we're fine. Um, then we go to is it issue four? That's issue four. Or it's issue five. Yeah, issue, issue five, five is the Vault Team. The Vault. Ooh, oh, boom, boom. Oh, this is X twenty three going inside the Vault. Yeah, so guys, Children of the Vault. This is a a storyline from the Mike Carey um, X Men Legacy run from like 10, 15 years ago. Children of the Vault are are post human evolution. Um, basically, what the Hawksbox stuff was, what the future stuff was talking about. Humans evolving on their own, not mutation, but through like mi uh, military means, uh, uh, science means, uh, organic means, like with the X Force. Uh, basically, anything like that. Yeah. So I was wrong. Richard Six with Mystique. Yeah. yeah. Uh, issue it. five, the, the ending of issue five is the first time where, where when Scott's like, Charles, what do we do? Yeah. 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 And where I was like, um, um so <laughs> they're, not be, they're not back. So, Ser so Serafina, who's a, who's a, uh, a lady of the vault, uh, she, she came out, um, she came out and then she went back in and we wanted to go follow her. Um, and, and they sent the team that, uh, knew would, Sorry, I'm that. Charles sent a team that that would work in the vault because the vault's time does not work in the same way our time works. Time is is it's like a hyperbolic time chamber or something, right? Um, like it's a thousand years will pass in there before that door opens up, and it'll only be like maybe a day or a month or whatever. Um, so they send in Sync and they send in uh, uh, X23, Wolverine, and then they send in Darwin, and those are all very adaptable, malleable uh, mutants to carry on a task like this. But unfortunately, they get trapped in that vault. Uh, and they won't be in there for like five minutes or something. Yeah. And, and then, all the mutants are nervous about the virus because yeah. about the vault, because somebody got a techno virus yeah. during this whole issue. And we talked about those because Storm got this virus uh, from, from, from that thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, the, the, the team is trapped in there for 573 years. Scott's like, oh boy. Um, so, what? So, that, so far. So far. So that's an event or something happening because the children of the vault are a super dope, like awesome uh, uh, adversary to the X-Men that haven't been seen in a long time, um, which a lot of this X-Men run is doing. Um, so it's going to be cool to see them show up in like a year or two or whatever. Mm. Um, Destiny, you guys. Destiny's real cool. This was, this was one of those setups from Hawks Pox where it was. they try to postpone Destiny's resurrection as long as they can. Yeah, they don't the no no precogs on Krakoa because if people know the future, then they will know that they potentially lose. And mm -hmm. uh, Moira only has one chance left to get Krakoa right before potentially the end of all existence. So um, I can understand 
Because her, because if you remember her eleventh life, she won't she won't develop the mutant gene before she dies. Yes. Uh, so this is the last chance for her uh, to to be a mutant and do it. Um, but yeah, Mystique it keeps doing all this shit for Xavier right. and Magneto, uh, and she's like, "Just bring my wife back," and and they're like, "We will." You know, there's a lot of things we got to do, and she's she just yells, "Bring me my wife back!" And I'm like, "Yes." And at the end of that issue, um, you see a flashback because remember, this is all all the stuff with Hawkspox and stuff. This is all still the main timeline of the X Men stuff. So all the stuff from the '80s, the Claremont stuff, it all happened. Destiny's talking to Mystique, which seems to be around that time period, saying, "Listen, in the future, the Krakoa stuff's going to happen, and they're not going to bring me back. You bring, you make them bring me back, so we can burn this shit to the ground." Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Oh, I kind of want it. <laughs> I, <kinda laughs> I love the civilization working. I love Krakoa being a nation, but like they are, they are doing Mystique very dirty when she is, she is working with them more than she's ever worked with them. You know, she's, she's being, she's being their lap dog. Well, she's, um, she, she makes the implication that like, okay, well either the either it would be revenge for not bringing it back or uh, it's going to fail again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and either way is bad. Um, yeah. But I just said, add such a wrinkle because like, uh, villains that are on that quiet cancel like like uh like mr sinister and, and mystique and exodus and apocalypse like they all have mutant stuff in mind but they're still bad guys mm-hmm. like they, they're still like they're thinking with like the wrong part of their brain so like mm-hmm. there's still a part of me that's like mystique is gonna betray everyone the second chance yeah. she gets um we'll get into it i wouldn't be sh- i i still am not fully on board with apocalypse i still think he's got some shit he's not telling everyone that's going to show up in Exosaurus. It, it becomes after, very after this first issue. It becomes um, very evident that Apocalypse has some other shit up his sleeve in, in Excalibur. I mean, we'll get yeah, to that eventually, but yeah, yeah, yeah. From from like point one, you kind of are on yeah. to his shit. Um, yeah. uh, also, the other thing, Mystique does learn that Nimrod is still being constructed. Yes, that was the they're mission. still on the path. Yes, she was. They she... didn't. They didn't. They missed their shot, is yes. what she says. Um, yeah, they missed their shot. Nimrod is uh, Dr. Gregor is still working on it. Um, with with plans to possibly bring her dead husband back to life using an old X-Men Mcron crystal, which is an old school reference that I they haven't set up anything yet. But in X-Men issues one or two, they, they show her holding that gem up. Um, so stuff with Nimrod and stuff with resurrection stuff is happening with the humans too, which is just bad news. Just bad news. Yeah. Yeah. So uh let's go to the next issue. Uh, where we talk about the Crucible. Crucible! Let's talk about uh, voluntary murder! Oh, can I say something about Apocalypse real quick? Hell yeah. Um, Apocalypse is in this issue, but still. Um, I think he believes in Krakoa because of because he's friends with Krakoa. We know that he's age-old friend with Krakoa. Oh, yeah. But he's, he's probably not on the same side as Xavier Magneto. Specifically after reading X of Swords and they have a disagreement, 100%. I, yeah. I would say, like, I would say, like, Here's the thing. I fully believe that what Apocalypse says at the beginning of his union with them and Hawksbox is true, Mm -hmm. which is that all I have ever wanted is mutant kind to take its rightful place in the sun. You're doing that. Why would I have a problem with it? I'm all for this. He's not for their agendas necessarily. He doesn't care about those agendas. All he cares about is two things, it would appear mutantum being the place that it's supposed to be which right now is happening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh healing krakoa because making it one land again mm-hmm. because that's where he comes from that's and a huge and important thing m- to m- him. M- magic back to the forefront right too. yeah uh 
so I don't I don't think it's as simple as like oh well he's not I don't think he's like against their side either no. he's just uninterested in what their desires are yeah. he has his purpose they've mm-hmm. already done everything he wants them to do and are continuing to do it their machinations of how they do things from here doesn't really matter to him as long as the whole idea is functioning yeah, yeah. that's true uh I just know like knowing Jonathan Hickman and like like he did this exact same thing with Doom where Doom was an ally for so long until he wasn't um and I'm just like Oh, I'm just like I'm so sad because I know the shoe's gonna drop eventually. Just eventually, it's not, it's not gonna be anytime soon. But like, Apocalypse, is, I just don't see him staying so good for so long. And I'm like, I'm very excited for like Civil War or something. It's like it, it, they're they're breeding so much cool stuff in this in the series for um, years to come. Man, I'm looking forward to X of Swords. So Ten of Swords, so bad. Or uh, yeah. so then we would go to the next issue with the Crucible. Crucible, yes. So Crucible. Uh, is Nuts. all of the mutants who had their powers taken away by Wanda the Deceiver. The Pretender! The, the pretender. pretender, yeah. Uh, they have the opportunity to put themselves up for a crucible where they fight Apocalypse to and the prove death. themselves as a true mutant in their eyes and then can be resurrected with their abilities intact. Maybe yes. the most metal thing it's ever been in a comic book. Oh, like, yeah. uh, real, and the man. whole issue explores the merits and not so good things about this, mostly through Scott and Kurt having conversations, but things like Logan having a disbelief in this idea yeah, uh, and expressing it pretty early on and mm-hmm. that he won't go um, and other characters watching and how they feel about it. I love Kurt talking about it because Kurt's for, for decades, he's been a devout Catholic and like, he's going to go to heaven and like, he's all about being like, like the right thing and preaching the word. But now that that dying doesn't really matter anymore. What does that mean for his, yeah. for his beliefs? And like he even says at the end, uh, Scott, I think I'm going to start a mutant religion. That's nuts. And the tower, there's that white tower that's been there since Hawksbox that mm-hmm. no one can get in or seems to know what's going on. But Kurt was able to get in, and it looked like it was built for him. Now yeah. that's now, and they even said like that's a little spooky, isn't it? It's like yeah, but I'm not going to look that gift horse in the mouth. Gift horse in the mouth. And I'm like, I would. That's real spooky. Uh, but hey, man, magic's weird. I don't know. Um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the Guthries, Melody Guthrie, she was depowered. Uh, um, Sister to Sam Gunthrie, uh, the New Mutants. There's like seven of them, the Gunthries. Um, uh, what does Apocalypse call them? Like, uh, like a mutant lineage or something? Because like there's like a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Um, but that is like, th- this is such a powerful issue. Not just for like what it means for the comic, but like so many people in real life have taken this to like what it means to like accept who you truly are and being reborn as who you want to be and stuff. You know, like all the LGBT it stuff. Is, it is an interesting like uh, counterpoint discussion, essentially that kind of pairs itself really well with the discussion that's happening between Peter and Domino yeah. in X Force, where it's you know like how good is resurrection, all that kind of thing. That, that characters are talking about this all across the lines. Yeah. Um, but but this is another good like counter on that uh, discussion from yeah. there. But um, yeah, the the. The idea that, hey, we're going to have like a gladiator arena where if you want to be reborn with your powers, you have to fight for it is yeah. is it's really crazy. And it really is maybe the most like morally, not corrupt, morally ambiguous thing that that is in these comics, because that is straight up just like, yo, we're going to we're going to kill you to be reborn. Like that is just like that is so and it's and so it's, nuts to me that this isn't a regular comic book and it's crazy because like a lot of the concept i'm pretty sure they that some character even openly admits is because there's just no good system for giving them all their powers back at the same time so they have to create an order this is the order this is the first time that hawks Pock stuff about chimeras is brought up because they say what remember the wills and how people mm-hmm. are willing to have more powers brought back mm-hmm. with them this is the start of chimera shit and the sinister cloning labs on mars and shit um i'm like oh it's all it's slowly coming together it's all it's crazy. And like Apocalypse is like, 
oh, you died valiantly and like rise and like arrow rises as she's reborn a mutant. And I'm like, yo, that's good shit, man. Like yeah. seeing her float up and just the sheer joy in her face now that she has her powers back. But it's still pretty metal how she takes a sword, fights Apocalypse, and he says, you approve yourself, now die to be reborn. It's like, that's mess. And entire arena full of people watching. Like, yeah, it's weird. That's a religious experience. Like, yeah, it's because when I was reading that issue, it was I, I understand why she's doing because she wants to get her powers back because she feels like a part of herself was taken away. 16 million mutants lost their powers. Was it 16? No, that's Genosha. How many uh, mutants lost their powers? Uh, two million. It was two. 2 million? Yeah. 2 million mutants lost their powers thanks to Scarlet Witch. And, her and some, being, some mutants can choose not to do it. They can choose yeah. to live human. Yeah, yeah, they can, but just saying, like, you're going to die. is like, no, I'll, but I'll be back, though. It's like, but you'll be dead. It's like, not really. It's that's, well, that's, what, that's what Kirk is talking about with, like, the whole thing. Like, what does it mean to die in this it's situation? So, it's so weird, but it's also so profound. And it's just, a, it's a really damn good issue. Yeah. That yeah. Issue. It's it's nice when when something like a comic can, like, it doesn't, like, go super hard in, like, religious, like, religious stuff. But it goes just enough where it, like, makes you, like, ask questions. And I'm like, oh, is what they're doing good? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I don't actually get to read that in a main... Again, like, talk about Immortal Hulk. In a mainstream comic, like, these bold ideas, like, you don't get to really see those that often. Yeah. Um, uh, next issue? Next two issues. Brood! The brood. Brood, brood, brood. They're coming for an egg. Guess what? Wolverine and the X-Men uh, cameo crossover. Mm-hmm. We got we got uh, Kid Gladiator. We got Idy and Brew. Got all, all the favorites. I love it. Roberta DaCosta reappears. Yep. She our empire from New Mutants is back. It's all full circle, baby. Um, oh yeah, yeah. This is the New Mutants issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, so the New Mutants bring a brood king egg back to Earth from the New Mutants book, um, and that's a problem because uh, the brood really, really wants a king. So the entire brood armada, which is trillions of trillions of aliens, come to invade Earth. Oops, oops, the brood the brood king we find out is was made specifically to control the brood queens which control the brood yes it's um, an artificial it, creation by Amy. Yeah, it, it's an artificial creation and yeah um, and then yeah. Uh, uh there's not like a lot like like super heavy like uh story stuff but yeah the brood come and they fight a magic there's a lot of cool visual stuff a lot like, of like uh, using the star jammer to lead them into space oh yeah uh, they're they take the whole thing into space the shiar empire and then uh uh, the way it ends is uh, what's what's his character's Brew. name? Brew. Yeah, yeah Brew. Brew. Uh, eats the egg. He was real hungry, and then he's he's eating the egg as an entire armada of aliens is behind him, and now he's like the king of the brood. And I'm like, yeah, that's character growth. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, I wrote down here. Vulcan has his first hangover. Um, Vulcan. Yeah, that's the next Vulcan issue. is a uh, is a uh, he was a villain. He was created by Ed Brubaker. Did you guys know Ed Brubaker wrote on the X Men? Mm-hmm. it's not very good um sorry sorry you can't can't be good at everything but he created a vulcan uh for this event called deadly genesis and sway and petra were also created there but um this is a this is like uh an issue centering on them and they're a bunch of like party like socialite girls and vulcan uh he talks like almost like shakespearean but like very like i am the fire and the fire is in me um which causes some like really funny stuff with him and scott just the way they talk to each other uh i really like the family dynamic uh, throughout this entire issue of uh, issues of X-Men, um, the Scott, uh, the Summers family is super involved. And it's just lots of familiar stuff going on in all the books. And I uh, I think that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vulcan in his issue has an encounter with the Kotati. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the... And they're going to, they want to control him the same way we see them control She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. 
in the Empire event. He's got too much fire. Uh, but he is uh, disturbed and awakened in his experiences when they're doing it and burns them all. Yes. Um, he, he he was experimented on. Uh, as you can see, you see some of it, like uh, those crazy aliens and stuff, like awakening the fire that's in him. Like, uh, And you see, in, it's either this issues or later on, but like, he is a bad guy who does not want to be a bad guy, right? He's yeah. like, I don't want to, like, he's he's destroying the Kotati, and he's like, I don't want to be this guy. Let's go have a drink. Um, and that's character development. Yeah, I love it. Um, not much in those two issues, just really fun. Those are also Empire tie-ins, but not the Empire tie-in. Right. You know? yeah. uh, and then, the, yeah, the next issue is uh, the Kotati are pissed off because mm-hmm. Vulcan did that uh, to one of their launch points. They know it was Krakoa, so during the Kotati invasion, they invade Krakoa. Yes. And then we see what happens there. Magneto was like, nah. Nah, we're just gonna... Magne- but Magneto was like, that's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Magma, uh, who's part of the New Mutants, and Iceman do some sweet uh, um, uh, power fusion, which create a bunch of giant metal brittle things for Magneto to throw at the Kotati. Um, so sick. So just I will say, sickest. like, just as Empire stuff, and I'm certain, almost certain, this would have been addressed somewhere in the original amount of Empire books. Mm-hmm. Magneto leaves a tease at the end of this issue, not to say we're done talking about this issue, yeah. but he does leave a tease about going to the moon to finish this. Uh, and we're, that that aftermath is never addressed in any form. Uh, we never see Magneto in space during Empire. We never see... Is he uh, not on the moon at all? We don't see him. Mm, okay. Um, that's a shame. Yeah, it's it's just not, you know, like, I'm sure, because the Empire event was supposed to be much bigger, I'm sure somewhere there was going to be some acknowledgement of Magneto helping with the fight on the moon, but it's not addressed in the larger event at all. Yeah. Uh, you just kind of are like, okay, he did stuff. It helped, uh, I guess. Uh, he just dropped a couple of... satellites. Yes, he did Hell drop yeah, a couple satellites. Pretty good. Oh, the, the, the Chandelure family vacation. Uh, Vulcan gets invited to the sweet like beach in like space and he's like hey Vulcan I know like you know family stuff's not very easy for you and we have this beautiful shot of all the Summers family in like bikinis and Wolverines in the back of a little hat on like hey this, uh, I'll see you at dinner love you love you champ hope nothing bad's happening as we're being invaded by aliens yeah. um just another fun issue all, yeah. all good stuff but uh, yeah, all the children yeah. uh, Krakoa sing the praises of Magneto oh they love him more yeah. the Kotati and it's like he like he deserves this he's he's wanted this his whole life yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, really good. Well, what's next? Which was the next issue? Uh, are we on issue 12 now? Yep. Yeah. Ooh, Okara! Summoner tells his grandfather, Apocalypse, the history of Arako. This is the sequel to Excalibur. Yeah. Right? He, yeah. he directly acknowledges that he just uh, he just did what happened in Excalibur, the last issue of Excalibur. The, yeah. Um, uh, he makes the an external gate. External gate. And yeah. so he he tells the summoner that he's done this, and he wants to know what's what happened there before he does anything further. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets the story of now, Amenth and the passing of his mate. Yes, uh, Genesis. Uh, uh, Genesis, who is uh, Apocalypse's first wife. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh boy, poor guy. Um, mm. Let's see what I wrote. Oh yeah, um, there's a great there's a great uh, piece of dialogue that's like it describes Apocalypse in multiple different like ways. Where one he's like the hero, but he's also the betrayer, and he's also beholden to others. Mm. So there's there's three different ways people view Magneto or excuse, uh, Apocalypse, Apocalypse me, yeah, especially like from the summoners, like yes. people. And as we learn, obviously in X of Swords, uh, all that stuff happens. But um, I thought it was very interesting that like we have this view of, of Apocalypse. You know, he's he's an X Men villain. But he also has this thousand-year history of being a dad. 
And I'm like, oh, right, history. Let's learn about that. Uh, and then and then we do learn a lot about like that. We hear, we hear about the Twilight Sword, which broke um, uh, Ora Karo. Uh, uh, Okara. Okara. The same speech yep. that from Hawkspox almost directly. Yeah, this is this in reference writing. Yep. Yeah, I remember. I remember this from Hawksbox. This was basically yeah. just a recap. Twilight Sword. Um, it it broke the lands in half. Which I have to say, it's a pretty dope name for a sword. Just saying. Oh, bro, we just got twenty new names for swords, yeah. and they're, okay. all, they're all established. Uh, so, I thought what it was called Ten of Swords because of the card, like the tarot card that Saturn uses. Also, and yes. also that tar- that tarot so, uses. It is. Yeah, but but then of course when each named. Those ten swords for the ten champs is like, you mother. I mean, it's both. It's yeah. all. I mean, it's just like House of X, Powers of X, Powers of Ten. Like you know, yeah, it's, so, yeah. so it plays on the X a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Having having ten of swords uh, primer in this issue is pretty cool. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. This was uh, this was another one of those instances because of that tie into the Excalibur issue where I'm like really glad I'm getting those Dominatex trades. Yeah. <laughs> really glad yeah. these things are going to be in their proper order. Yeah. And you go like boom, boom. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe, yeah, that's uh, that's it for X Men. That that's X Men. So let's go to Cable. Cable dating dating five five of the Stepford Cuckoos. All of the Stepford Cuckoos. What a what a what. So this book, you guys, Cable's like a whatever character for for a lot of people. He's very very convoluted past. Like he has some really cool runs, some cool appearances, but like for the most part, I wouldn't say I'm like a Cable fan. This book, I I think this kid is hilarious, and he's just so full of he just he just wants to have a good time and blow shit up, and he gives grenades as gifts. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. not what you did. Um, I, yeah. I just think Cable, it's awesome. yeah, I, I feel the same way you do, Ryan, because Cable is one of those things like like when they said like, hey, we're gonna have Cable in the next Deadpool movie. Okay, who's Cable? Convoluted story, uh, Cyclops kid. I mean, I All was right. excited for that. I, I can deal. I could deal. I mean, I was excited, but. I didn't really know much. This about is also people. a this is also a uh, sequel to Rom the Space Knight. Uh technically, yeah, <laughs> technically. So Rom uh, Rom is not part of Marvel anymore, but the Space Knights Space Knights are, yes. which is just really funny uh, uh, brand dealing with. Because Rom is a Rom Hasbro. is a Hasbro character who had a popular Marvel comic run, which established all the lore. So yep. Marvel owns the lore. Hasbro owns the character. Rom has like shown up in like transformers like crossover shit like all that yeah. yeah uh so um the first issue has uh cable beating wolverine <laughs> uh that and then also encountering a, a giant lion like creature mm-hmm. uh that is uh on a rampage because there's something stuck in its paw yeah and while he's dealing with it one of my favorite things is pixie makes uh, a little boy who is being chased by it see a friendly cartoon version of it being engaged with and it, when he throws grenades at it, it's like confetti and sparkles yeah, yeah, like yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. and I, I thought that was great uh, uh armors in this issue uh i wrote armor yes. to the rescue because armor's dope yeah yep, uh, so cable ends up pulling a sword out of its paw yep uh and it's a cool sword the light of galador uh, yeah, uh, but most of the cable cable comic is about him looking for a missing mutant child. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention that we were introduced to it to to docs uh, in the in another way uh, in a uh, religious way. People who worship mutants. Oh yeah, the the order the of X. X. Yeah, yeah. Order, order yeah. of X. Yeah, they show up in a couple of books actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the kidnappers are are part of the order of X. Yes. Uh, and um, while they're on the case of this, the space knights. 
from the museum have been activated because, by the sword. Yes, um, and they're just like in a museum, uh, and they wake up. Uh, that's fantastic. That's been thousands of years. I was yeah. not expecting a Deadpool cameo. Uh, well, I mean, Deadpool and Cable have like a, uh, they have a famous yeah. long running history. Um, yeah. I just didn't expect it, I guess, so fast. Um, I did really Cable's body yeah. and turned it into a pool table. Yes, he did. I did really like how, um, it we we see often uh, Cable of the future, like old man Cable get killed by young Cable. Um, that, that's an uh, extermination, which is an X Men event like four years ago. Yeah, but there was always, but um, Kid Cable was always kind of like, I don't understand why he didn't just warp out of there. Why didn't he just time travel? And then we get the ex- the explanation that he he remembered that he needed to put a time machine in that moment uh, in that moment so that it's a Bill and Ted moment. Oh no, he, he remembered that he could put an atomic bomb in his arm yeah, yeah. instead of a time machine. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, a it's, Bill, it's Bill and Ted. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. think of the thing. There it is. Um, yeah, him him hanging out with all the coo- or, or Esme of the cuckoos. Um, there's a great line where Cable's like, uh, well, where are the other, where are the other girls? And she's like, Cable, like, we're all dating you, but you're not that interesting. And I thought that was really funny. And then they, and then they all are discussing him and like, oh, we're going to yeah. crush this boy. Yeah, so, so it makes me wonder if they're just doing this, because there's a line of like, you know, there are a dozen other telepaths we can be messing with, right? So it makes me wonder if Esme actually likes him, because it seems like there's some actual romance there a little yeah. bit. I think um, so. I think Esme actually likes him. But it was funny when Emma shows up and Emma's just like, if you hurt my girls, I'll kill you. Yes, yes, ma'am. You yeah. got it. Uh, she tells Scott that Esme needs to get her heart broken. Oh, yeah. yeah, she's yeah. The she one. said, don't let him break any of their hearts except Esme. She needs it. That's so yeah. funny. Scott's just eating a, stand, a sub sandwich or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, I love when, okay, so the cops are kind of, they're douchey, but they're also kind of like, hey, we get it, but this is our turf, so stay off of it. Yeah, and then yeah. the guy's like, welcome to Philly. Go get a cheesesteak. He's back at home about to eat a cheesesteak. He has like his tongue sticking out of his mouth. It's just like, it's just, it's the cutest little thing. And then of course, Emma comes in and she's like talking and Scott's telepathically talking. She's like, no, no, don't telepathic talk. Talk to me. He's like, yeah. Um, I wrote Esme likes dogs because she rescued a dog that was stuck in a house. I think that's mm-hmm. dope. Um, Nate, ooh. Uh, oh, speaking of dogs, oh. you know what really disturbed me in, in a Cable? What? The text messages between the Aura of X guy Oh yeah, and he's like, "Did you kill the dog?" He's like, "No," or and he's like, "Okay, kill the dog and then yourself. Don't write back and send a thumbs up and a receipt of your fate." Yeah, that's a mess. Can I get a receipt? Um, yeah, old uh, old man Cable has been showing up in the at the very end of every one of these issues. We don't know what's going on. Uh, he's just he's alive somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Um, no, that's you not get the right. for good. No, they oh. were just showing images. From the only time we see him that isn't uh, related to Cable, young the younger version form of Cable shooting him yeah. is an early first issue glimpse where he kills a crab. Yeah, and then past that we don't see him. There's a the second end. one. Yes, there is. He shows up at a tie a giant building. It's like, oh, that just doesn't look like a trap to me. That's the last issue. No, I don't remember. 100. He shows up. Oh, I do remember that. He does. I do remember that. He absolutely does. Let me find it. You guys talk real quick. I got too many pictures. Uh, I don't know if I have anything more to add about Cable. It's there's only three issues out. There's not a lot. Uh, four, issues. four issues out. I remember that. I can't. Yeah, he, he has to keep the sword. Um, Wait, hold on, Ryan. What'd you say? Uh, I'm not, sorry. Cable knew he was gonna die. He put a bomb in himself in the past. Um, he nuked the Space Knights. Um, tell Phoebe I'll see her later. Ooh, what does that mean? Um, don't be in such a hurry to grow up. That's a sweet moment between Scott and his son during dinner. Mm-hmm. I think that was cute. 
that's it. That's for Cable. Yeah. I love that book. I think I'll, I'll be really fun. Uh, all right. Then Excalibur, the last book. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I got uh, those. This is this this is the one that leads most directly into Hawks into to the sword. Sorry. Yes, this is true. So, uh, Apocalypse. He's all about mutant magic. Um, mutant uh, magic is a thing that exists, and just because you know humans have it, uh, there's also like a magic side. I guess that makes sense. It's fine to me. Um, when Xavier's message went out to all of Krakoa, Apocalypse sent a message out to all the mutant uh, to all the magic people, going like, "Hey, I'm doing my thing. Come visit." And I think mm-hmm. that's great. Um, in days of old, we held magic high. I wrote that down because I thought it sounded good. Um, oh, speaking of things that are relating to other book clubs we read, talk about Camelot and Otherworld and Morgan Le Fay. I love all this stuff, you guys. This is so great. Where's King Arthur? I don't know. Where's a evil, evil Brian Braddock? He's wearing a cool evil mask. I love it. Uh, there's a new Captain Britain in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Betsy Braddock. Betsy, Betsy Braddock. Get it. She's the only one in her family who's a mutant, right? No, Jamie Braddock, but there, but uh, Brian Braddock is not a mutant. Correct. 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 Okay. It serves the queen. And Jamie got resurrected, and everybody hates Jamie. Jamie yeah. is, I mean, I get like, yeah, like we got Omega Red and Apocalypse. Uh, like J- Jamie's a bad boy. He's a bad man. He just. I, don't, I never liked Jamie. Right. He's super bad. The second I saw him, I'm like, I don't like you. Uh, he's and got a very, very pompous. And then of uh, course, as the book goes on, then he sits on the throne of Avalon. It's like. Well, I really don't like you. This is so. Some... That's not. That's a. That's for. That's an apocalypse. Apocalypse did that. Yeah. That's not cool. Like that's why he you wanted. I think he has the best interest all the time because that is clearly a bad move. Yeah, he wants a gate. He wants a gate there in Avalon. He does. He does. Yeah. So uh, Avalon, which is another world, which is an alternate Camelot dimension. Um. Uh. You can't. Uh. You can't seem to get there. Uh. With like a regular gate or something, right? You need like a super gate, or mm-hmm. can they get there? Uh. It's like they a special their- gate because it's it's red instead of blue. Yeah. How do they get there regularly, though? Uh, uh, Betsy, Betsy can travel there on their that's own. That's right. She's got the mm-hmm. sword. Thank you. They yeah. need a special gate to get to Otherworld. That's right. Um, they need a a external gate, which we'll learn at the very end of this at the end of these issues uh, what that means. But um, Apocalypse has been setting up from the beginning. You know, uh, I need to make a gate with special bones, and and Richter went to go find these crystals. Um, and the crystals got sapped of energy, so we can't use those anymore. So I guess I gotta use living people, uh, <laughs> the externals, which are um, super cool guys. Um, Celine is actually older than Apocalypse. Apocalypse isn't the first mutant, um, which I always find uh, funny that they always keep mention- mentioning that. Um, what do you guys think about the externals, even though you saw them for one issue? <laughs> I mean, I, I won't pretend that I know what they are, but they're yeah. cool. I have no clue, but I can definitely see how some of them don't like the other group. Well, but you know what's so great? You know what's so wonderful? Like I don't, I, I'm not a big X-Men reader. I don't know who the externals are. I've never seen them before. Before this issue, these issues in my life, but the fact that I could read it and I got it and I was good, exactly. That, that means a I, lot. I haven't, I haven't read that much either. Like like all of those characters, like like Celine is a villain that shows up on her own. Like it's not like uh, the externals are always together. Um, mm-hmm. That is a cool thing that they can communicate. They can make each other commune at any time that is a cool ability and that they they kind of have like a pre-resurrection protocol agenda where they because they are so high up on the mutant tier list they do get to resurrect that's just because that's how the world is for them mm-hmm. um and that's a fascinating subject because apocalypse tells them you are outdated we don't need you anymore uh the, the resurrection thing is something we can all do you guys well, are living in the past help well, help what's so interesting sorry what's so interesting is that he says they don't need us anymore 
but I'm going to stay relevant and you're not. Yes, yeah. because he's the one making the decisions. Again, yeah. Apocalypse making these decisions. Right. Um, I think it's great. He's like, yo, just let us ki- let us kill you. We can bring you back. It's no big deal. And it's like, yeah, but like, we shouldn't have to die. Why Why should we have to do this? We're better than all y'all. Like, oh, but you're not. That's the thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I just Apocalypse kills all his old homies with the help mm-hmm. of Richter. So this is actually the end of the line. Yes, it Prior is. Prior to yeah. that. Well, I'm, I'm, you guys feel free to jump in. It's yeah, hard yeah. for me to there's, there's a lot of... Um, crazy shit there's like a hunt with uh, this one dude whose name I, who's escaping me Colin Bloodstone, who is uh, elsa bloodstone's uh brother that's the warwolves mm-hmm. uh, the warwolves skins hell yeah uh, this is where we get amazing baby right yep. amazing, baby. Get amazing baby rachel from that uh whole thing because uh, apocalypse wanted them all dead and he had to settle with a cost mm-hmm. for letting the baby live because betsy said he couldn't kill it Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when they first go into Otherworld, Jubilee takes Shogo with her, her mm-hmm. son, yeah. infant son, who turns into a dragon. Because the, the imagination of a child is is so powerful in this other place. Because, like, fairy magic wills it to be. Right. He can just become a dragon. Uh, Richter was unable to leave his apartment to get to Krakoa, so Apocalypse comes and gets him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's well, also, another big thing about Richter, he becomes a druid. Yeah, yes. he does. I was going to get there, but yeah. yeah. Druids are cool. Um, he starts learning and dabbling in that more and more uh, because they later on when they're dealing with um, the Citadel. Starlight Citadel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, the Shogo gets hurt and they're being protected by the Druids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, deep beneath the Moorlands. That's where that's where they went to look for these crystals. But first what they're doing is they're attempting to save Rogue who is unconscious. Because of Apocalypse. And Gambit's pissed. And uh, to restore Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, who is under the spell of Morgan Lafay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not so long ago. Pick, oh, Brian doesn't pick the medallion. He picks the snow. Because I remember Betsy Braddock telling, I want to say he's, she's talking to Gambit about um, every Braddock is given a choice. You're either given the choice of the medallion or the sword. If you pick uh-huh. the medallion, you're going to be, you're destined to become Captain Britain. You're going to have this grand, honorable life. But if you pick the sword, your life is just destined to be ruined and it's gonna be shit hmm. yeah he picked uh, i don't know he, he picked he picked uh, a black mask is what he picked yeah that's right got cool. mind controlled um yeah and but yeah there's another world invasion morgan lefay uh is 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 she the queen monsters yeah monsters um, all kinds of monsters and shit and then uh pete, what, got pete a... wisdom is the uh mi-13 agent who's got a it uh hard for betsy he's got a uh, flaming fingers yeah um, um, Gambit has absolute distrust. There's the whole part where Rogue uh, goes on a spirit quest. Yes. Um, and uh, at the end of that spirit quest, she wakes up and then... Um, she's Rogue Apocalypse. Rogue Apocalypse. She kills Apocalypse. Yes, and she becomes him. At his wish. Apocalypse. Rogue? Rogue Apocalypse? Yeah. I can't say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian does ultimately get saved, uh, kind of thanks to Jamie, even though Jamie ends up making it so that betsy kills him yep but jamie saves him and resurrects him because he's king of avalon and he has and he has um insane reality warping powers uh he could he could fix all this in a second if he really wanted to but you know, uh and so brian's, be a king. brian's having a whole time where he's distressed about his failures yes um and he's kind of coming apart oh well seems should have been a better captain um yeah, yeah. Um, rogue gets basically like an upgrade for, for a while yeah it's very nice it's yeah. very cool it's very it's a very cool look i wish it was kind of wish it would have stuck for a while yeah uh there's a whole cult working under morgan lefay yes yeah. um 
I don't remember what their name is. Uh, I, I, I can't find it. The Inheritors of Akaba. Oh, the Coven of, of Akaba. Yeah. The Coven? The, the old Coven, Coven yeah. Uh, group? group? Yeah. yeah, and they're, they're, they're uh, part of that plan where all the monsters come to Earth and are trying to, like, shame Captain Britain, make people feel unsafe mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a all, dope yeah. And then when they go after the Citadel later, uh, Jamie creates the shattered, fractured timelines where Captain Britain Betsy gets taken out and the other members of the team take the medallion in four different realities and become different Captain Britons. Hell yeah. Right. That's a super Which cool Which Sat- Saturnine is using against them. Saturnine. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, so Opal Luna Saturnine, the, the magister of the Omnimatrix or whatever, is super rad. She might look like Emma Frost, but she's not. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're both cool and blonde. Um, she she runs the nexus of all realities, meaning she is she is the most powerful cop in the universe, uh, mm-hmm. which is a weird thing to say. But um, she she runs the Captain Britain Corps. Who, they are they are mul- the multiverse police. Um, who right now do not exist. Who right now do not exist because shit got bad. Um, but uh, she wants to she wants to bring him back or whatever. But uh, Betsy's like, yeah, I I, I want to be Captain Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no one but no one no one wants her to be Captain Britain except for her team. Mm-hmm. Cause they're all sexist or whatever. I don't know. Well, they don't like it's a it's a witch kind. Oh, the witch breed. That's breed right. The witch yeah. breed. They yeah. don't like that that the Captain Britain is a witch breed. That's yeah. right. Which, which is their name for mutant. Yeah, to be a mutant and be Captain Britain um, is sacrilegious. I wrote. There's multiple Marauders cameos in this book, which is always fun. Yep. That book that they keep showing up. Sometimes they got a flying ship. That's always fun. <laughs> um, Jubilee gets stabbed by a unicorn. Yeah, <laughs> I just got to that page. That uh, is wild. Uh, yeah. uh, Braddock is a bad man. I don't like him. Yeah, and uh, this is where, and this is the part where we get four different Captain Britons, which essentially it's Richter, Ro- Rogue, Jubilee, and Gambit. Hell yeah, I love me some Gambit. Um, there's also uh, going on to the last issue. Remy finds Condra's uh, amulet. Yeah. So one of the externals uh, basically put up, made a Horcrux. So in case she ever died, she. Um, she wouldn't. Her, she would never really die. Yeah. So after she gets her body exploded by Richter to make the external gate, um, she, her spirit's just hanging out with Gambit, and she is an old Gambit villain. Um, again, like she's just like a random thief villain. Um, but she's in this. I like it. Um, well, they and, say they they set up in an earlier issue that any one of the externals can just sacrifice themselves their power to be put in in a jewel. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she's the only one who was smart enough to do it. Um, but it didn't help because Gambit realizes that, like, oh, Apocalypse needs my help. I guess I'll, I no, guess. He's like, uh, I don't like helping Apocalypse, but today I want to screw you over. So, yeah. Yeah. Why? Throws Peace. it through the thing. Uh, Kendra's out. Uh, yeah. And then the external gate gets made. It opens up, um, which leads us right into them. Ten of Swords. Sword books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hot dog. Did we want to touch on Juggernaut at all? I, I, I to be honest, it has I, nothing to do with X of Swords. I forgot to not read it. I did not read the first issue. Uh, I bought it. He works for Damage Control. Does he really? Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. Good. He works for Damage Control. He encounters a mutant child. Is Black Tom in it? Uh, no. Okay. Not in that issue Tom anyway. Not in that issue anyway. Okay. Uh, there's some cool stuff being hinted at with Juggernaut. Uh, it sounds like, uh, uh, so what it is, is uh, the mutant, not mutant, sorry, like the kid that he gets attached to, not a mutant, uh, wants him to now assist her with a her... YouTube channel to get more buzz for it. Juggernaut? Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So what she wants him to do is to help uh, catch someone who's been responsible for a lot of accidental deaths lately. 
Uh, so she sets Juggernaut up to hunt down the Hulk. Oh, shit. Okay. I, I heard surprisingly like like good things about. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's a five issue series, so you know, uh, but I, I liked it. Ron Garney's on the art, and he's dope. Uh, so we wanted to talk a bit about Ten of Swords creation number one. Yeah, I don't think because uh, it did come out this week. I don't think we need to go blow by blow, but um, I just wanna I just wanna talk about it a little bit because I think it's I think it's really good. I think it's dope, and it also is kind of like kind of like the setup issue too. So I don't feel so bad talking about it. But there's just one specific thing that I want to talk about. Um, hey, guys. In three days' time, I will summon your champions here to duel the champions of Otherworld. So tell me, when you have a, a, when you have a realm invading another realm and you have champions chosen to defend those realms, what does that sound like to you? Dragon Ball Z. No, Troopers. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> <laughs> there's, a Mortal Kombat there's a Mortal Kombat tournament, tournament happening in the X-Men books. Um, it's all weapon-based. Jet Li's so the one. What? Jet Li's the one. Jet Li's the one. Sounds nothing like that. No, not at all. Not I'm at all. I'm just looping through things. Well, since there's boards involved, is it Soul Calibur? Anything that involves a fighting tournament. That what else can we do that's not Mortal Kombat? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I didn't. Nobody really knew what the story was going to be. You just hear Exosaurus all terra, terra based and stuff. Um, it is very Terra inspired, and also a character that's been dead for like thirty years. Taro, the character Taro, shows up in this book and does a tarot reading, which is just a, a really great fan thing. Um, but basically, you have the forces of Araco um, trying to take over Otherworld and eventually take over uh, Kokoa and the world. And these yes. are these 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 are Apocalypse's original four horsemen. Yes, the, children. the OG horsemen uh, and on their kids and stuff. Um, they 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 seem to be pretty mad that their dad left them. I get it. Um, mm. I don't think it's the reunion a reunion apocalypse expected. Uh, well, yeah, because he's because in in the X Men he's just like okay, summoner, you go in, tell them I'm coming. Uh, everything's gonna be great. And then and then they come in and he's just like, I had one regret is that you guys were lost to to Araco and blah blah blah. Stab. <laughs> and and like yeah, in, yeah. in Apocalypse is like kneeling, he's like stab, stab. my my children, and they're like, please stand, don't grovel. You're a titan, you are a god, act like it. Yeah. And he's like, Oh wow, you did raise these kids. Oh shit. Also, yeah. and, they, and they say it wasn't love that sustained us all these years. Apocalypse before that takes all of uh what's happening with the external gate mm -hmm. and that information to the council. Oh yeah, uh, yeah he yeah. finally lets them mm -hmm. in on it. They're like, Yeah, man, you you did this on your own. Thanks for telling us. Blow that gate up, and Krakoa's like, yo, I don't want that gate blown up. And they're like, Krakoa. I'm so sorry. We didn't mean to make this decision yeah, without yeah, you, yeah. but truly, you can see this puts us all at risk. The no. gate stays. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a great moment where uh, where Cypher, he's like, damn, Kokoa, you don't have to be that way. Kokoa um, <laughs> really, really needs that gate to be open because he really wants to uh, hang out with his, his homeboy, uh, the other island that's mm -hmm. invaded by monsters right now. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, this is basically just, it's it, it's Mortal Kombat. It's, it's a realm trying to invade another realm. Uh, for, for supremacy and to claim the land, but uh, swords are involved in almost every single sword, not on the villain side. Uh, all, a lot of those are, are are new, but on the hero side, those are all established. We got the Soul Sword, uh, we got the Light of Galador, we got the Muramasa, which is a blade that can kill Wolverine. Um, mm -hmm. We got Grass Cutter and God Killer, which are Hickman inventions from his book 11 years ago. Um, it's just so cool. Um, I'm going to assume Muramasa is a sword that Wolverine's going to wield. 
Yes. And also, if you notice, there are two Muramasas because the villain, Wolverine's new villain, uh, his name's Solemn, apparently also has a Muramasa, which is uh, very spooky for Wolverine because that mm -hmm. he stops healing when he gets hit by that. Um, so people were wondering, this is 22 issues long. Is this just going to be 22 issues of sword fighting? No, because I got to find the swords first. And all those swords are in a bunch of magical locations. So half the book's going to be adventure book. Half the book's going to be Mortal Kombat tournament. It's going to be all the way dope as hell. We got ourselves a magical quest and a uh, tournament arc. This is... I'm in. I'm into it. I'm. I'm ready for it. Give me. Yeah. Su Summoner betrayed his grandfather. Yeah, Some people said they saw that coming, and I was like, I didn't. Man, I definitely. Like the when they do the look into uh, like when is it is it Gene that does the look and he does like the evil smile. Uh, Summoner like turns back and does like the most evil smile. And, like, oh, it's uh, it's uh, is it Rachel? It's Rachel. Okay, yeah. Rachel and um and uh, Cable. Cable are both looking through Banshee. Yes, and they see uh summoner do that and they also get a psychic message through <laughs> from there through Saturnine. yeah uh that sends them to sword that's right yeah that's right so cable and rachel are like dad 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 we need help with something and scott's like well i guess sure i'll help you out and then like uh what is this thing and he's like oh i know exactly what that is let's go <laughs> Uh, we don't know what it is, but he does. Um, I had no clue what it was, and then when it said sword, it was like raise your swords. I'm like, wait, is that sword? Well, I, sword. I don't know what the, what the generator looks like either. I don't think anyone well, what's, knows. What's like, really what's really cool about that whole sequence is how nonchalant Scott is. Scott is, and he's just like, you know, my my short sightedness means that we're gonna have to take the the scenic route there. Uh, but you know, this is here it is. This is what you saw. Yep, cool. This is sword, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, in um, the end, yeah. where it's just like the data page of sword being like currently offline. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so this is the most interesting thing. Um, uh, three weeks ago, all contact with the with the with the peak ceased, and quarantine measures were enabled. So something is happening on that base for the last three weeks, which is why they haven't been in contact. So mm -hmm. Cyclops, Cable, and Rachel are going to have their own little adventure mm -hmm. uh, with that sword operation. Some space shit's going on, but um, yeah, bro, we got we're going to find some swords. We're going to have some fights. Uh, people are gonna probably die. Uh, it's all happening, baby. Um, uh, uh, the Anubis-looking like uh, um, like pestilence or war, or whatever the character is, yeah. he gets shrunk yeah. by Saturnine. Oh, so he's yeah. just like a little like I'm evil, and I'm like, oh, this is too good. It's well, like, it's just like I will, I will not yield. Way decreases yeah. my power. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just think it's uh, it's a very very exciting time for comics. I completely understand not wanting to have to pick up literally nine books to read all these crossovers. But hey, um, the X-Men have been doing these crossovers literally since the dawn of time. Every single, most of their crossovers are always these huge epic books because it's a family. All these books are their old, it's a big family, excuse me. Um, I'm very excited. I think I think a lot of people's other part of it is that it doesn't feel like, I don't agree, but it doesn't feel like you can just come to this without being more familiar with like all, all of the titles or close to. I will say, if you read Hawks Pox, you can jump into this. If you are jumping in fresh, not reading X-Men the last two years, it's going to be, you're going to have some hurdles. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. just some stuff. But I think the very, the, the, the data page, uh, it talks about, let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, I, I would make an argument that Excalibur and X-Men bare minimum are necessary. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Yeah, in, in the X of Swords, uh, like the first like recap page, it talks about Krakoa and what it does and who their villains are. Like it's, it's all right here. Like you can jump in. You just you everything else like, is good. Like too. even though this is being considered ten of swords, yeah. Like I would argue that the last issue of X Men, where Apocalypse learns from Summoner about everything that happened over there, is essential. Uh, it's also like it is. It is basically um, like on on X Men Twelve. It says like prelude to X of Swords, but it's not like Chapter Zero or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I'd say like 
you kind of have to at least be doing X-Men and Excalibur. Yeah. Um, and read those to, to be up on up on this in a way where you can actually enjoy it. Yeah. Definitely. It's best to have it all under your belt, but like if you have to strip it down to like bare minimums, those would be my bare minimums. Yeah. Yeah. X-Men and Excalibur. Um, also, those are just like two of like the like the, the like the dopest, densest books with in terms of stuff going on too. They're all good. They're all good. They are like it's. We've talked about all of them. They're all good. Yeah, but yeah. like I would be like, oh, you've got to leave something off. Look, you don't need X Factor to read Ten of Swords. You yeah. don't need Wolverine no. to read Ten of Swords, but you really should have X Men and Excalibur. Yeah. This, yeah. Um. Okay. So that's that's some comic book talk. Do we want to do a book club or skip it? Check back here every week for more X of Swords. What well, do you guys? Might, what do you guys want to do? An do? episode of, of Ten of Swords when, when it's over. Yeah. Um. Do you guys? Do you guys want to talk about it next week, or do you just want to power through it? It's up to you because I. I. It doesn't matter to me. I'm gonna have less to say about it if we go another week later. It's probably okay. true. Without right. having to reread it. Yeah. Just right, let's, to uh, let's just power power through it. Then Iron Man versus Doctor Doom, Ryan. Hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd uh, Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, do you have any books? Uh, can you be a little more specific? Um, anything readable? Yes. Uh, I read this twice because uh, uh, these are two of my favorite Marvel characters, so it didn't it didn't bother me to check this out again. This is um, these are this is a collection. This is an out of print collection. Um, of Iron Man one forty nine to one fifty and two forty nine to two fifty. Um, written by David Michelinie and drawn by John Romita Jr. and Bob Layton. Uh, that uh, Michelinie wrote Iron Man for almost ten years, almost uninterrupted. Uh, he he is like the Iron Man guy for like his run is like the run basically. Besides the Fraction run, which I like, but um, I just think this is super fun. It's just it's Doctor Doom uh, uh, trying to get some weapons from Tony Stark, and Tony Stark's like, no, we don't send weapons to Latveria. But then they both get sent to Camelot by accident by an evil scientist man. And they just hang out with Merlin and King Arthur and Morgan Le Fay shows up that she was just talked about in Excalibur. Um, I just think it's, it's the, the, the first the first two issues are a lot of fun. I think the second issues are a lot more fun because it's 2093 Merlin looking fashionable and snazzy. So this is, uh, this is collecting issues 149, 150, and 249, 250. Yes. Uh, direct, and both of them are about a Camelot. Yes, they are. Again, it's the same. It's like the same creative team just coming to this event. Literally, like nine. It's it's 1981 and then 1989. I think is when yeah. these two came out. Um, same creative team though. But like, I just love. I love Doctor Doom, and I specifically. This is my favorite Tony Stark look with his beautiful big hair. Uh, and he's and he's still kind of a jerk, and he's still like he looks like but almost like, mullet, but not really a mullet. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, party and uh, business in the front, party in the back. But um, I just think I think the first part uh, is like a fun retro uh, Doctor Doom sides with Morgan Le Fay. Uh, he also steals all the power from Cagliostro, and like, why why would you steal my power when you're immortal, Doctor Doom? Um, I said, what do you guys think about it? I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's always it was really cool to see an old an old school uh, like a 1980s version of Doctor Doom and Iron Man especially because Iron Man's identity isn't really given out yet. He still has the classic 1960s looking armor where it's not, where it's like, he's like, yeah, I do really that. like, I did. I did really like how at the end of the two, of the first two issues, they like, they're like, okay, let's just take bits of our, of our uniforms off and make a time machine. And it's like, and you still don't know who 
to Doctor Doom is. It's you still don't know who Iron Man is. Uh, they they complement each other like in their thoughts. Like yeah. man, if Stark's if Stark's lackey is this smart, he must be a genius. And like yeah. what? Doctor Doom really like, does. Doom was always calling Iron Man lackey, or even when the the first lot where like Iron Man is like, hey. I'm going to be like really respectful, but Doom's like, ah, I am Doom. I recognize me as a king. And then he just bails. Yeah. Um, uh, there's there's this one panel that's like my favorite panel in the comic, and it's just Morgan Le Fay going, oh, I, how I hate you. You make me loathe you beyond imagining. <laughs> she so, like this face she's on. She's very Rita Repulsa. She's super yeah, Rita. Yeah, she is. Um, but yeah, it's just the the first, the first it's it's Doctor Doom and an army of like um, medieval dudes. Okay. Uh, undead. It's Army of Darkness. What this is is Army of Darkness. Yeah. Before Army of Darkness came out. It is. It's Army of Darkness. I understand. I understand where you say, Raymond, you're cool. And then we got the second volume, which is um, the first volume was called uh, Nightmare. This one is called Recurring Nightmare, and it takes place in 2093 in London. Uh, and you got uh, Baby King Arthur, and you got Sassy Merlin. Uh, you got uh, Robo Doctor Doom. Um, these, these two things appeared uh, uh, to Doctor Doom and Iron Man, these golden... The, the pieces that they call them. Sure, yeah. And Doctor Doom takes one, and he realizes that Iron Man has the other one, so he goes to take it, but realizes mm-hmm. that the closer they are together, the more entwined they are. So Doctor Doom goes to Tony, and then he's like, "Wait, Tony, don't get close to me!" But like, dude, you came to me, and then they get thrown into 2093. Uh, it's just wacky. Uh, they go to the most sophisticated place in the world, the mall. <laughs> uh, After Tony had opened up a new mall. Yeah, yeah. No, not only that, they go inside a radio shack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, they yeah. call the radio shack. Doctor Doom has has um, matter uh, uh, gauntlets where he can just shoot rocks that form out of his hands yeah. on you. That is the that is the silliest thing that like if that shows up in a movie one day, I'm gonna be so I'm gonna be so happy. I'm just like <laughs> rocks. He's got rocks on you. Um, one of the things I actually liked about the issue 250 was how young King Arthur. Was it didn't act like a kid? It was Merlin who was acting like the snarky teenager who with thought with the the zip with the one liners and the slang, whereas young King Arthur is still very proper, even though he's a young kid. Mm-hmm. Oh so, man, I actually I, re- I really enjoyed that contrast between the two characters because I was expecting the opposite. Uh, yeah, and anytime uh, you know how much I like these, like anytime there's like a cosmic suit. Like uh, like Thor's cape and Thor has like 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 the cosmic look into it. Like you look into the stars, and then uh, Merlin has like that same suit. My favorite part of the second part was actually um, Evil Iron Man of Iron oh, Man yeah. twenty twenty, but it's not Iron Man twenty twenty. It's Iron Man twenty ninety three, and it's Andrew Stark, who is the grandfather. Uh, so it's the grandson of Arno and the ancestor to Tony. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love this Iron Man suit with like the with, like the gears. I always oh, yeah. loved that Iron Man twenty twenty look, even though I didn't read the current Iron Man twenty twenty Dan Slot book. Sorry, you, kinda, you know who that Iron Man suit reminds me of quite a bit. Who? Metal Man from Mega Man Two. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clanks. I feel yeah. you. Um, yeah, I just think it's it's these are these are some old school comics that um. I've been going back to specifically this run. Um, I reposted something from Iron Man 142 because uh, there's a reference to when he got shot because he's, he's using a cane in the mm-hmm. first part. Um, it's because he got shot by his girlfriend who was actually a bad guy. And, and the, the, the end of, the, of issue 142, it's just Tony shot dead just laying on the ground. It's like, oh, damn, this is, this is serious. This is like real. Um, mm-hmm. And then he just slowly recovers over time. Um, like this is a really, I see why people really like this Iron Man mm-hmm. run. I'm yeah. glad I'm reading it. 
Yeah, even when Doctor Doom finds out about Tony's identity and he says it right before they go back in time. Oh, it's then, okay. And then he's like, "Oh shit!" But then Merlin's like, "Hey, you can't take something back with you when you don't when you didn't take it. You t- can't take something back that you didn't come with." And then they yeah. go back into the into nineteen eighty nine. And then Doctor Doom's like, "What am I doing here?" Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's like, I think it's only a minute has passed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is so good. Like when you when you learn, like, oh, I guess. Uh, it taught me a lot, Mr. Stark. And then literally like that, it's like, oh, where am I? And I'm like, oh, dude, you were this close to having him. You were this close. <laughs> yeah. And then the the, fina- the finale, it's like, I guess I'll see you later. I'll see you another time. And Dean's like, yeah, another time. Dun, 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 another yeah. time. And then they see each other later, obviously. Yeah. Also, one thing I thought was funny was like Doom and Latveria like the orchestra playing and they're so scared and they practice harder that night. But also yes. when, uh, Doom goes to Tony's house and she opens it. She's like, who is it? Doom. Stop, she- it. Stop, it. Stop taking all the notes I made. <laughs> Darn it, Ben. You've taken two already. <laughs> Shut up. All right. He goes to Stark's house and there's a lady who goes and answers the door and says, I am Doom. Uh, and he knocks her out. God damn it, Ben. You have too, you have too many good points. Uh, it's great because he's like, who's there? And he's like, doom, boom. There's some little lady. And I'm like, savage. I, thought she yeah. I don't think he pushes her. No, he's, he, he zooms her. He, he zaps her. He zaps her. He zaps her? Oh, I he zooms her. Uh, I, thought, I thought overall the issues could have done more with their set dressing. Yeah. Like just the, the settings that they're in. Is it I because mean, like, it came out of 1981? It doesn't look as good as it would now. No, I don't mean that. I don't mean like the appearance of it. I mean like actually, ex- like a lot of it is more focused on just Iron Man and Doctor Doom stuff, yeah, and not as much on like utilizing the period that they're in. Not, I mean, it's an, it's enough for like the fact that the story arc only takes across two issues, yes. But like in general, when characters go back in time, I want to actually have more of an impact on like the fact that they're in that period. Sure. Uh, I think the the second half does it better because it it is future representations of either their legacy or themselves yes but in the past it's it's it is just like army of darkness but it's not really about anything about them being in that time really in influencing a lot of stuff outside of dooms but it's also uh, not like actual history it's it's like this is basically other world sure it's not history no no no. but i mean like regardless of that like it it, it's not it's not about uh the the setting as much as it is about what iron man and dr doom are doing against each other yeah it's not about like you know where where king arthur it's not exploring that story as much of the of the place that they are in of the time period uh you know why Arno Stark is who he is. It, it doesn't delve far into that, I, uh, which, yes. which is something if, like if I'm these less wanting of. If these weren't two-issue arcs, Again, I, like, I, I granted that. I, I granted yeah. that. Like, I know it's two-issue arcs, and it's two-issue arcs from the 80s, but, like, yeah. it, what, what is something I come out of it wanting? I come out oh, of it yeah. wanting these details who have been further explored. I feel you. Um, but I do like uh, the, the comedy bit of when they end up in the past uh they have a turnaround on dr doom and iron man where it's like hold up iron man we're in the past oh, the yeah. past and then the narrator says yes the past <laughs> yeah. and then they go to the future and then iron man says hold up dr doom we're in the future the future the future yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of comedy really works in other comics really well um and the other thing i the other moment i really like is uh when excalibur is offered up and dr doom can't carry it but iron man gets it it restores his armor and he's like the sword has chosen me and dr doom is like this is not the way to get on my good side (laughs) that's some good stuff yeah 
does yeah. so when Morgan Lefay vanishes in issue 150 is that ever addressed again or no because i was actually ex- hoping for morgan to pop back up in 250 yeah um it's I, not, she's not the villain it's it's doom and tony's uh um yeah. yeah um i mean she definitely she, she, the thing about iron man is like he sometimes he does this magic stuff it's very much like a here's the arc where it's the magic arc uh, so Morgan Lefay does show up, and like uh, she doesn't show up for for Tony stuff for a long time. She shows up in like Excalibur and other things. Okay. Yeah. She, yeah. This. Yeah. She doesn't like die. She shows up again. Okay. Why well, didn't? Think... Well, I mean, because we just read about her in yeah. Excalibur. Yeah, we did. Yep. That'll do her. Yeah. Lost some iron. Um. Ray, give, me, give me one thing you like about the book. One thing. I think you already said it. Uh, oh. Merlin is a highlight for me in the second in the second two issues. Cool. Okay. I do like uh, Dr. Doom knowing in his future he's disappointing. <laughs> and being like, no, I know what you gotta do. Kill me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Take take me. Take me out. He's like, um, I will never pathetic thing. Good God. I don't know what my I'm between two books, so I'll let you guys know what my book club will be next week. Okay. Um good. it is the uh, spooky times. <gasps> yes. Oh, that changes it completely. Wait, what? So you don't have to pick a spooky book. I'm picking a spooky book. Well, see, I was going to pick a Power Ranger to to complement with our book club series, but I got a spooky book I could just do because it is October. It is in a couple right. of days. We'll do the spooky book. Aliens by what? What is it? So Alien. this is Aliens. This is Aliens. The original comic series this is the first comic series that Dark Horse put out after the first, after the second Aliens movie. So it's um, an old comic. It's an old comic. Hell yes, more old comics. Um, it's written, written by Mark uh, Verheden, with illustrations by Mark A. Nelson. Good night, Mag. Thanks for stopping um, by. Good night, Mag. Good Thank night. you. Um, I have got it in a really cool black and white hardcover. Um, the original pages were in black and white, uh, where it was <laughs> Ellen Ripley. Huh? The book's huge. Yeah, this this is a huge edition. Um, where the book is, but is Alan Ripley and uh, uh, Newt and um, Hicks after after Aliens. This is before Alien Three. Cool. After Alien Three, they recolored the book and changed the names, so it's not Ripley because Alien Three Ripley dies. Yep. Um, but this is before that, so I recommend. So I'm doing the one, the original printing of this book. Heck yeah, cool. All right, so that's my spook. That's my spook book. Spooky. Outside of that, I don't, I don't know what we're doing next week. I got nothing. I'm sure we got plenty of things to talk about. We'll figure something out. Um, otherwise, you can find us on on this channel. You can find us on YouTube, guys. If you're listening to the, if you're watching the live stream or you're watching the replay of this one, a lot of cool stuff on this channel. Uh, click like on this video. Subscribe to this channel if you want to find more shows like the Fake Nerds Watch, where we are currently doing Lovecraft Country. We missed last week. We're going to do two episodes this week. Uh, to catch up, uh, that book series is almost that series is almost done. A couple more episodes left. Yeah. Uh, one um, would have aired. Yeah. What? One would have aired tonight, so only three more. Yes. <gasps> um, we also have Basement Arcade, Spooky Basement Arcade coming. Spookums. We're talking. It's happening. I can't believe it's almost it's the end of September, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I was supposed to go back to work at the end of this month too. Right. <laughs> Um, we also have the Fake Nerd Book Club where we just put up the Michael Marisi, Marisi interview. Um, that is in the link in the description below. You can also find it on our book club area. 
Um, we are also going to do the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Volume Four and Five episode. Maybe this week. We'll see what happens. Heck yeah, I got I got sick for my one time in like six months, so like I'm good for the next six months. All right, um, and a lot of cool other stuff. You can also find uh, the links in the description for our masks. We have exclusive Fickner podcast masks. Um, guys, pandemic's still going. Not ending anytime soon. It doesn't look like so. Check out our our Fickner podcast masks. They're really cool. We're really proud of them. They're selling really well. Um, so just take a look at those in the link in the description. Uh, if you live in Florida, all of your restaurants and everything is opening up full, fully soon. So you definitely grab those masks. Get those masks before <laughs> everyone dies. Seriously. Um, we also have a Patreon. Thank you so much, guys. I owe you money for Patreon. I'm so sorry. Um, so thank you so much to our one patron. Joey's on. Joey's on. Um, uh, we also have a tea Public where you can find a lot of cool shirts uh, on our tea Public, Or you can just go to our website, www.fakenerdpodcast.com. Everything is there. Everything you want. Everything you could ever need from us. <laughs> it's on the website. All right. Thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who's been watching the live streams. Thank you to everyone who's watching the replay. Uh, if you're watching us, thank you. If you're listening to us, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Jimmy Bellucci. If you're listening to uh, the audio the audio after this, then you know you heard some of the intro music from Jeremy. Uh, he does all of our music. You can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. He also does a podcast called Suburban Proctologist, which you can find that at Suburban Proctologist Official on Facebook, at Subproc Podcast on Instagram, or you just find the show on iTunes and subscribe. It's really funny. Thank you to Mike Matola. Uh, Mike's a really great guy. Mike's collaborated with us on a lot of cool stuff. Um, he did our logos for the Fickner Podcast, for the Fickner Book Club, and for Methelaneous. We'll see if that comes back soon. <laughs> um, thank you to everyone who, thank you guys. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, FakeNerdGuys at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben. You can find me raising my sword and also playing Super Mario 64 on Instagram and Twitter at BenMagic27. Speaking of video games, I also write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. I haven't written a new article this week, but I will, or I haven't written a new one for last week. I will write one for this week, maybe two, because I got some ideas in the pipeline that I want to write down. Sparks? Uh, you can find me slipping into something spooky on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan. DJ Ryan. Tony Stark everywhere. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music and Podcasts. Rate and review wherever you get us. Like this video and subscribe to our channel. Until next week, guys. Stay fake, nerds.